everybody, and welcome to another episode of Morelia Python Radio. In this episode, we are talking with William Philippeck of TJW Exotics. William is into a bunch of species of pythons, and in this episode, we discuss his approach to keeping them and some of the breedings that he's done. We also hit on his thoughts on the reptile hobby and some of the differences between the ball python hobby and the rest of the python hobby. So without further ado, we bring you episode 501. Python Talk with William Philippeck of TJW Exotics. So let's get into it. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 501. And tonight we're talking to William Philippeck from TJW Exotics. But first, Owen. Yes. How are you doing? <laughs> so far, swarmed with babies, and it's only getting worse. So corn snakes started hatching. The last clutch of mad mm. hogs started hatching. Okay. Jungle carpet started hatching. And then pine snakes are probably going to start in the next couple days. After them, okay. it's rapid fire to like white lips, olives, and then I have a bread lie that's getting ready to lay any day now, and then I have a potential rough scale python that's going to lay. So Dare I say this is the biggest season you ever had? You are correct, sir. That is the, this is the most amount of babies and the most different, like, you know, I, it's not just 12 clutches of carpet python this time. It, it's, it's like a bunch of different shit too. Um, shit that I have never produced. Um, so yeah, you got uh, a lot of uh, checks off the list this season. Yeah, some of them. I'm trying to get the uh, trying to get the mad the giant the mad giants to eat, and I keep okay. looking at the clutch of blondes, and I'm like, God, that's gonna suck even worse. Like, I don't even know. This is I already burned wow. through a lot of the gecko sheds that Chris Salemi sent me, so uh, I uh, might have to go get a day gecko that's gonna have to pay the ultimate price and be used for <laughs> scenting until we get till till further notice. So, okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Yeah, dude. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm sitting here and I'm waiting for this bread lie to lay, and I'm like, well, she lays now. Those babies will just be hatching in like, oh, right, October. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. But I'm thinking I'm so late. But everybody else's bread lies are dropping eggs like this week. Like everybody started getting bread lie clutches like now, and I'm like, shit. Shouldn't so, be this late, but I was thinking, yeah. Well, I'm going to ask this. Uh, I'm going to put this question. I'm going to throw it out there now. But once we get going with William, make sure we we circle back to it. Okay. Right? I'll but write like, it down. do you think? Mm. Right. Mm. I was thinking about this. We've had a crazy heat wave. There's been heat waves yeah. all over the place. Yeah. But basically, what we've been a week at like a hundred degrees. At yeah. This yeah. Point it now. sucks outside. Don't go yeah. out there. It is terrible. It's terrible. My African so, tortoise is begging to come inside. So if I had an Indonesian python, right? Yeah. And I wanted to breed it. Uh-huh. Would would the idea shit, I'm just going this is how we're going to start Just, the just show. throw it out, out already. This is we're going. William Give it to me. here, welcome. Just get, yeah, just yeah. get it. Out of part, of the, part of the mix. Out. Here we go. If you had this 100 degree weather, drought, nothing going on. Obviously it's humid as hell at least here in the northeast, right? Do you think that as soon as it, like, you know, a rainstorm is coming, right? Yeah, yeah. Do you think 
that if you had that rainstorm just coming in, like I'm talking that big torrential rainstorm after like, you know, a few days of heat, do you think that you would see breeding action? Do you think that that might I, I mean, stimulate? You know what I'm saying? Maybe because look at it this way. I, the fact that Indonesian pythons anyway, because if you think about it, when did Ryan get his clutches of white lips? Like his blacks and golds are out yeah. feeding, shedding. And Lisa right. just got a clutch of blackface white lips. They're like, right. they're months apart. So right. the season is massive compared to what, like it, it almost is like there's no set season. It just depends on what your room does and when your animals ovulate. So it, it's, it's almost like the, it's like the, the summer version mm. of what we do in the winter. Right. Right. You know, it's like nothing happens, nothing happens, nothing happens. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. It's cold. And then a snowstorm comes through. Everything's snakes breathing. Breathe, breathe yeah. like crazy. So yeah. I'm just thinking like, you know, I'm thinking of when we herped and like you're seeing like no action, no action. It's so hot. All of a sudden a rainstorm comes through action yeah. everywhere. It's a frilly in the middle of the road. Right. Got it. What about you, yeah. William? What do you think about that? Is that uh, it, is that a crazy know, idea or what? It's not a bad idea, but I, I honestly think it's food. I think mm. food's bought the, the biggest, because I look at it like this, like uh, gourmet rodents. I remember talk or not talking here and them talk about breeding timor pythons they were mm -hmm. breeding timor pythons in fall because mm -hmm. they feed the shit out of them they just they feed 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 like super overly sized meals and ball pythons even you know people talk about ball pythons not being seasonal well right. i hate to be the breaker of bad news but if you're feeding weekly and bi-weekly that's not seasonal that's a schedule to me you know, yeah. there is no wild python that's eaten weekly, biweekly. They might eat a couple weeks or maybe like every three days for a short period of time and then right. probably won't see anything for a long period of yeah. time. So I think because right. I do I do it with ball pythons now. I had such a short right. a rat shortage this year that I had to do like the Vin Russo method, not feed them. And then all of a sudden, bam, feed them with meals that almost look like they were going to regurgitate it. Like yeah. you were like, eh, you may not be able to eat this. <laughs> So, and they, that, you know, for okay. the most part it works. So I think it's, I truly think it's food. I think food really, because I was listening to a, well, it's not to say hydration or water or rainfall or, you know, the biometric pressure, pressure. don't change anything, right. but mm -hmm. like, uh, I hearken back. I listened to that, um, Terry Phillip one. No, no, not Terry Phillip. It wasn't Terry Phillip. It was, uh, Daniel Natouche. Mm -hmm. Daniel Natouche was talking about, he, all the all the female pythons he dissected across the green tree retics and I don't know if it was Curtis or Berms or Bivitatus. He he said they all had follicles. They have them year round. So I something has to trigger them to go. I just right. think food might be that ultimate. Like all right, plentiful food. I think I might have know, enough. Yeah, because right. I've had. I mean, I've had ball pythons where. I mean, you would, you swear they couldn't lay a clutch, but mm -hmm. it, you know, they give them a couple big meals and it just that just enough to push them over the edge to ovulate. I, I do like the idea because, um, with my gold, it was, I was, she's eating medium rats all year. And then it just so happened when I warmed her up, medium rats, springtime medium rats become a hot commodity for rodent breeders and stuff like that. Yeah. And they also go up in price. So it was easier <laughs> for me to get large rats. And I and I threw her a couple of larges where I was like, oh, 
All right. Just 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 go sit in your bin and digest, please. Like, don't puke. And yeah, right. she ovulated. So nice. now it's like, all right, cool. Every year now, I'm going to torture you with large food at this point. Like, I'm going to throw something <laughs> bigger at you. It's, it's so much easier to do that, too, because yeah. now you don't – you don't because if you're doing small meals, you have to do them relative, in a short yep. period of time. Yep. And I don't have time to separate everything, uh-uh. you know, thaw rats, feed. I got work a day job. I'm not like Ryan Young or Nick Mutt who can feed these small meals all the time. You get one meal, and I hope that lasts you for at least a week, if not two, during the times I do feed, you know? Right. Right. That's just that's a pain in the ass. I tried that like every three or four days or not three days, but four or five days. And I mean, that's a fucking pain. And you do. And especially with the species, I know all us deal with. Mm, You don't want to leave them together and accidentally defrost no. rats or otherwise you're missing no. a snake or something. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Or <laughs> you got to put, you got to put the snake back together after the, the other one is ripped yeah. in half. It's like, now nah, it's, I, I've gotten to the point now where all my, I have to settle into the big colubrids, like the big Asian colubrids, because they're the closest to a Python feeding schedule I can get by just dumping food at them because I'm, I'm trying to raise up baby corn snakes. I'm like, why won't you grow? Oh, right. Yeah, I got to feed you every week. Like, ah, damn it. <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where now I just have a all my tiny colibrids just become garbage disposals for what the pythons don't eat. So, yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Well, uh, I'm sorry I jumped in that yeah, way. But, yeah, he got uh, all let's, excited. Let's, <laughs> let's rewind. I, I don't know. It just episodes, popped in my head. You know, first one, he goes sideways. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, got to spice it up. We're at 501 now. So. Yeah. Oh, man. Go ahead, Owen. Anyway, uh, Philip, welcome. Or, Philip, what the fuck am I doing? William, um, welcome to the show. <laughs> um, That's his long, last name, man. It's what been a long heck? week, man. <laughs> so, it's already Monday. Um, oh, God. But... Obviously, we want to talk to you about how you got your start in the reptile industry because you were kind of talking about a little bit before um, on the other channel before we had to jump back over here. So I did want to kind of get touch on that a little bit of how you kind of got your start in this. Yeah, uh, back I've always had an interest in animals as a whole. It wasn't just reptiles. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember my parents taking me to like the St. Louis Zoo because I'm local in the Missouri area. So I went to like the St. Louis Zoo. Went to, I had my grandparents live in Chicago, so I've been to both of those zoos. So, like, I've always been around animals. And Mm -hmm. then it, I was probably 1998, and it's crazy. I remember this. We, I remember we were having like three channels, and we had one channel where it was, I mean, static as shit. And you had Steve Irwin catching a parenti, and I was like, that's cool. Yeah. And that, that hooked me on to, that probably hooked me more so into animals. I won't say just reptiles. Reptiles, probably fast forward to 2008. Mm-hmm. It was around the time Barcheck started doing his YouTube stuff. And I was a big YouTube kid. You know, I was never, I was around when the forums were around, but I never got into the forum stuff. Like, well, okay. you've seen on here, I'm not a big tech guy. So, mm-hmm. like, being on a... Being on a forum, it just wasn't my style. But I was, I did like videos and stuff. That's hence why uh, Steve Irwin and them caught my attention because I was always mm-hmm. in the visual stuff. So I, Barcheck, like introduced me to the reptile industry. And then mm-hmm. I saw, you know, saw all that. And I was like, man, there, I didn't know you. There were so many different species. And then, you know, that's when I went to the local reptile, well, pet stores. Then they told me about the reptile show, local reptile show went there and 
I I got hooked on. I was only allowed to keep geckos, like leopard geckos and pixis geckos and stuff. So I kept those and bred those for a few years. But I've always had a fascination with snakes, but just never was allowed to keep them. And um, somehow my dad convinced my mom when I was young, like, "Hey, maybe it'll keep him out of trouble." Yeah. You know? So I ended up getting a snake. And it all went downhill from there. Just, <laughs> and then it was, then it was probably fast forward to 2012 to 2013. I, I'm sure both of you guys know who he was is uh, Ben Rennick. Ben Rennick was a yep. big name just in the herb community as a whole. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was our local hero, as you'd say, you know, he was the guy that everyone knew. And he was like the little uh, celebrity, I guess you'd say in the, especially in the Missouri area. Mm-hmm. Well, right. I, um, you know, I asked him, I said, Hey, uh, could I come out and check your, check out your facility? He was always cool. He'd always invite people out. It was no big deal. Went out there, saw his facility was like, wow, this is crazy. I never seen something to that size before. Mm-hmm. You know, I was outside of what I saw, like Brian Barcheck or anything, never seen that kind of stuff in person. Well, I asked him, I said, uh, I think it was a second trip. I went out there. I eventually uh, asked him, I was like, Hey man, if you need help, I'd love to come up here and, you know, just clean and, you know, shoot the shit, you know, just whatever. Cause I was like, you know, just to do that kind of stuff was a dream come true or would be a gr- dream come true. So mm-hmm. I, um, I, he said, yeah, and I'll pay you in snakes. I go, what people get, Oh well, there are no done. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that was the last thing in the back of my mind. I was like, dude, just working here great didn't care about getting paid in snakes i was like that i go that was just a bonus i was just like sure fuck i didn't know this was a thing i want to say that i think i've been paid in snakes over the last like you know 12 years because there's some shit over here that you know eric's collection has bled over into mine so i want to say that there there has been some payments in snakes you know so oh yeah yeah so uh eventually i i start working for ben and he kind of gave me i tell people you get very jaded when you're on the outside of the reptile community like yeah. you look at this you see all these youtube stars you see um don't have to be youtube stars but if you go to like a big show you see your you know these big breeders and you look up to them well mm-hmm. when i start working for ben i i got real jaded until i start working with them and you kind of see how the reptile industry really is and not to say in some ways eh, it's kind of like uh, yeah, but you got to get, you get past the curtain, you know, you get past, it, well, it's like, it's like anything I tell people it's like, cause I'm in the power lifting. So it's kind of like when you get into that industry, you just look at a bunch of these big, strong guys, but when you look behind the curtains, it's a little different. I, rather it's bad or good. It is up to the individual. But like I said, I'm not saying I'm not dogging saying all of this yeah. industry was, you know, dark and not saying what Ben was doing was bad either. I'm just saying right. like, as far as like, I got to see how, some of these big breeders I looked up to, how they interact with each other. Cause this is back where you probably hear, I don't know if you hear it, but I hear it now where a lot of people talk about back in the day, how everyone was shitty to each other. I still think people would be shitty. to. I each mean, other I, now, I don't think that ever changed. I think, <laughs> yeah, I don't think, that, I, I think they're just quieter about it now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then, um, I got to see like, and just the business as a whole, I got to see how do you actually run a reptile business? Cause yeah. that was, yeah. you know, as far as successful people go in the reptile industry, I'd say Ben, at least at the time 
was one of those guys who was like, God, this guy like really had his shit together and knew what he was doing. But, you know, I, and he kind of just introduced me to the whole like in depth, like where I actually got to meet people, you know, mm-hmm. Barcheck just showed me, Hey, there's something other than just keeping these animals. And then right. Ben kind of took me over. Hey, now I got to actually meet these people, Yeah, you know? So, but I was I, keeping and breeding stuff all throughout that too. But it was, it was just, those were the parts of my life where just, okay. Like they just progressively moved me. I don't know, I guess further up, got to see how everyone was. Mm-hmm. So, and like, it, like I said, it's the industry's, you know, it's just, it's different. It's different than when you're just on the outside. Like I said, not yeah. bad or good. It's just different. You know? Yeah. I mean, you get, you get past it. It's, it's weird. I was talking to my, um, uh, I was, I was talking to my nephew and apparently my, my sister-in-law is like, Oh, well, he watches this YouTube channel with this guy long hair he's got this really nice <laughs> reptile rescue i'm like oh, i'm like it's brian barcheck it's barcheck you like he's, yep. he's watching brian barcheck i don't think yep. that's his name yes it is all right fine and it's not a rescue yeah, it's right. a zoo like i don't anyway go go away uh, and then yeah. she messaged me later she's like you were right i'm like of course i was right so like i, I know exactly <laughs> what's happening but i i think what barcheck's doing now i think it's kind of i'm kind of glad he's doing what he's doing now because mm-hmm. i think I think as a whole, the industry needs to not say the zoo side of things, but I think as a keeper side of things, we need to work on just as much as, because I remember you, you guys remember back in like 10 years ago where mm. to get in the hobby, the only way you could, the only thing that kept your interest in the hobby is if you bred. Right. If you weren't a breeder and owned a business, then it wasn't fun anymore. Right. So I think what Barchick's doing right. now is a lot better, I think, for the hobby because it's kind of promoting keeping these things in a in a better light because i mm-hmm. do we're so past the days of keeping things on a 20 gallon tank with astro turf a ceramic bowl and a half log and looks mm-hmm. like an eyesore in your living room and shit you know we're mm-hmm. so we're just we're just past that point i think you know at least well, if you're gonna if you're gonna take it to that level you know unless right. you're gonna a breeder that's when i think things obviously have to change a little bit i would agree it's a good introduction to reptiles yeah. and i would prefer somebody like barcheck being somebody's first introduction to reptiles than a lot of he the just, other people that are in the reptile industry yeah. that like have four three four teeth and a goddamn gecko trying to yeah, sell right. me it's got one eye it's like okay yeah, it is so it's a good he introduction be, he just only thing i'll give him though or as far as like a little just quit bringing shit like alligators and big constrictors out in public like that. Please man. stop That's bringing like, them, Petco. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I don't, dude. I don't do that. Please don't. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, it's, yeah right. that, that just promotes these kids. It's bad enough we see that shit at shows. You know, people yeah. with the Burmese python or the green iguana they bring into the show and the you Hamburg special. Them, you walk around with the crocodile you just bought. It's like why? Get go away. Oh god, go home. It's, yeah, I remember seeing a family this. These two young women uh, were with their children, and they had a caiman in their hand. And you just sit there, shake your head, going, "What the fuck are they doing with this?" <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yep, yeah. I've seen those. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> God, I think right. uh, I saw an, I saw an interesting video the other day from um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he he does he's from the I think he's from the UK, and he does uh, his youtube channels called snakes and adders but i don't know where he was talking about it and it was like 
I think it's just the world in general, right? But you have these mm. two sectors of the hobby, you know, that you're, 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 it's funny you bring up the whole, you know, like the, the Astro turf and the water ball, the mm. stuff, yeah. the 80s, right? 80s and 90s. But like, you know, it's such a good point that he made. He's like, you know, if, if, if somebody is in the hobby and they're keeping animals a certain way or they're trying to progress the hobby, you don't like get the other half that's sort of reluctant about changing the ways that they've done things for so many years by fighting with them and attacking them, mm-hmm. maybe just encouraging them and saying like, you know, oh, okay, so you're still keeping in Iraq, but maybe put in, you know, some kind of... Uh, you know, I don't know uh, whether it's like a branch or something that it can yeah. like, you know, crown so, or, you something know. different. I hate using that word enrichment. I just I hate using that word. But I, I, well, I guess that's what I it don't, would be. I, my biggest problem is I don't I my issue with the whole the naturalistic bioactive. I know I to me, I'm hard set on that needs to be the future mm. because if if you're keeping reptiles and say that animal hides most of the time, if you got to look at it, just a shitty enclosure, that is rough. Like yeah. that just, it's right. just, it's just going to burn you out if you don't see the animal that often. And, mm-hmm. but the one thing I'll say yeah. is like, I don't necessarily buy, like, I think CS, yeah, some breeders need to work on keeping things like maybe in a, in a rather it's a slightly large enclosure, but this whole, like trying to push breeders and the naturalistic stuff that I'm kind of, I don't really, I don't know if I necessarily buy that per se, only because if that was the case, so many animal reptiles in particular wouldn't do so well in human environments. Like, shit, I see snakes living in people's houses fine, you know, for months at a time. Right. But, you know, like I said, that's just, that's just if you want to be a breeder. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I think that's why I still, I think I follow people. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say, but, you know, I'm going to put back on that a little bit. I'm curious of where your thoughts are with this. But um, do you think like, you know, at what point does the like at what point does it come down to the um, uh, the animal's welfare as opposed mm. to whether you're breeding or not? So, like, what I'm saying is, is it like we're all kind of this way, right? It's like we want to try to breed as many species as we as we as we can, Keep, because yeah, I yeah. think it's just. I think it's just exciting to us, right? It's a new species that you're going to learn how to breed and figure out. And like, once you sort of dial in a species, you sort of like, you get, I don't want to say you get complacent or bored, but it's like everything else, man. Like when you get this, when you get, you know, like when you got your first ball python is way different than, you know, when you got your 500th ball python, no matter what your first python clutch. Yep. 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 So at what point does the breeder, like, do they either have to have a bigger facility or whatever, or I'm curious what your guys' thoughts on this. Does it, does it help the market in a way that it doesn't have like one person necessarily controlling a huge sector of that, whatever species you would be, if that makes sense? I don't know. What do you think? Hmm. Well, I mean, Everybody, when we first all start, there's always somebody above us that took pity on us and hooked us up with some snake deals. And, you know, we've all bought adult animals off people that, you know, they don't need this female anymore. And then you take her for another, like, couple years. But then you also get your original animals that you raised up and that you use. But um, And let me make sure that we're on the same page. I'm not saying that it's like a decked out, like, 
it looks like the Amazon rainforest right. or, you know, the outback of Australia where it's got fake rock background and all this mm-hmm. stuff. I'm not, I'm not even going there, but I'm saying something that, you know, paper in a water bowl. And the, yeah. the, the struggle with it, right, that we've all sort of fell into is like, how do you maintain a large group of animals of any, any type of animal and not have things simplified so that, you know, number one, you're making sure that you're staying on top of their kid mm-hmm. and that we're keeping them as healthy as you possibly can. It, it, it's hard. What do you think? If you if you have a large collection, it's hard to not go towards well, the simplification. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Or it a is. rack. That's what I do. I I have but I have cages that are a little bit more naturalistic, the ones that are planted and the ones that are fun, you know, uh like my rhinos, my ruffies and things like that. But then I also have the other cages where, you know, these are these are grow up carpet pythons. <laughs> They'll have paper, a water bowl, they have uh, a hide box with some mulch in it, and then every once in a while they get a tube or something fun to play with. It's like at, it is what it is. You can still maintain it, and there's nothing wrong with either one of those options. It's just if you're going to do it a certain way, understand that there could be more work out there for you. What do you think, Wayne? I think the best way I've ever heard, well, I've heard it described like this is like, so. All right, you got pet keepers, and you got mm. the people who might want to dabble with breeding. Say like yeah. something like Lisa with the white lips, the black faces, and stuff. Mm. She only has a pair of animals. When you're only keeping like a small group of animals, it's kind of up to you. Still, obviously, all of it's up to you. But I think at that point, yeah, keep it in the most decked out, largest enclosure you want. You'd be more like that guy or that individual that breeds like just a pair of dogs or whatever like mm-hmm. a, maybe like a yeah just your one pair of dogs or whatever just right. high end what, whatever it is and then there's like all right you want to step up a little bit say like i don't know i'm probably push i mean i think we're probably i'm probably about the same as you guys probably around that two maybe 300 mark with animals yeah and it's kind of like i'm like all my baby carpets i put the little um Oh, what are they called? The little, uh, the green fencing the fence. thing, little yep. plastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I give it to all yeah, of them. Exactly. Because I, yeah. sure. I think just why not, right? And then, yeah. um, right. You know, and I, I will. I'm kind of with Eric, where I kind of fell into this trap where everything I wanted to put in the racks, and you know, I'll honestly, I feel totally bad about keeping carpets and racks, and I'm, I'm getting a facility built, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna. I don't think you you probably don't know who he is, but Eric, I'm sure you do. You remember Henry Piorin, or the Canadian guy? Yeah, bred all kinds of shit. Yeah. You ever see yep. his carpet enclosures? They're kind of yes. they're these big cubes, and they had this branch in it and this a lay box. And I go, that's kind of what I'm looking for. I don't need naturalistic, right. but mm-hmm. you know something where it still looks right. nice. And you know, people talk about things needing to be spotless. Unless you got mites, they don't. I don't necessarily think needs to be fiddled with too much i'm not saying shit everywhere and stuff but i'm not you know if there's a shit smeared here and there chances are that snake's gonna go right back to that spot and shoot shoot, uh spray more shit there anyways you kind of want that during breeding see i mean for example right yeah Yeah. if she's she's getting rid of lay eggs i'm not touching shit in there well those white no not even that Not even that is so much as shit. Not even so much even just when she's about to lay, but just like even the introductions, right? You don't know what kind of, you don't know what do do we really know if they're leaving any kind of scent that that stimulates? 
Yeah. You know what, you know what I'm saying? So like, oh, yeah. what kind of pheromones are floating around well, and whatnot? And you're just going to go in there and sterilize it? That just, remember I don't know, it just seems about, counterproductive. Remember yeah. we were talking about this year with my pine snakes. I, I, I figured out I had three males because the three boys were ripping their cages apart. And then the day after she laid, they're all in the back, curled up. Their mulch is all nice and laid out flat as opposed to like being pushed all to one side because yeah. the pheromones that she was given off were gone. She laid the clutch. It was over. Now they were just chilling. I had a big yeah. breeder. I had a, I had a pretty decent breeder. You all know, and I'm, he shit. I'm sure he told you, but I don't know if I should be saying the, his name, but he mentioned something to me that makes total sense. When you, when a snake finds a burrow, it stays in that burrow. Mm-hmm. When that snake dies in that burrow, another snake comes right in and this lives right on top of it. Yeah. I go, I'm not saying keep dead snakes in there, but I'm saying these animals can handle pretty horrendous things yeah, and still be right. okay. I'm not like I'm not promoting people to this now, but I'm just no, saying no, no. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're not promoting you know, animal abuse. Yeah, so we're yeah, saying that you don't <laughs> you don't need to bleach everything to yeah, the point yeah. that the snake can't breathe. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you guys. I remember in a I remember in the early uh, NPR, we talked to Sean mm-hmm. Christian, and one of the things that he said that stuck out to me, so you know, basically ten years ago, at this mm-hmm. point, was that, you know, are you hurting the animal long term because it's not building any? You know what I mean? Like if you're not Immunity, exposed yeah. to any kind of anything, your right. immune system is going to be yeah. shit. So then, yeah. you know, I don't know if that works. Like, you know, I. I, I Obviously, I don't have any kind of scientific data that would prove that mm-hmm. or any kind of paper or anything. Well, my thought would be that, I don't know, isn't that just how, oh, Justin, please forgive me if you're about to hear what I'm about to say. <laughs> isn't that how, isn't that how germs and viruses and stuff kind of work, right? You know, I mean, you have like bacteria a, does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, you survive or you don't. It's yeah. Kind of one of those, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. You know. You, you build up immunity or so, you're dead. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Like, but I'm totally with you, though, as far as like, I think, like, I mean, as far as the breeders, I honestly, though, most of you guys do it pretty well. I mean, like Nick, even Nick for being the size he is, he still keeps stuff, I think, as good yeah. as you possibly can for like mm-hmm. a bit, you know, his size of a breeder. I think it's the. I'm kind of I don't know I, the ball python that one kind of still like I I don't know I did jamming ball pythons is tiny little burrows like that like little I don't know that stuff I'm kind of I've been debating about doing some bigger tubs for ball pythons and then just changing it because I like I don't know I've been having like guilt trips here with even ball pythons <laughs> and keeping them in yeah smaller well you know do you really and see a lot of small. people? Right. Yeah, me too. But do you really mm-hmm. think that um, people really on, you know, I, I think sometimes, how do I say this in, in, a, in a nice way? I think sometimes the go. idea, right? <laughs> so yeah. like if you're a ball python breeder and you're defending, keeping your ball python and, and say, I'm talking to a CB70 rack, right? Um, mm-hmm. Have you really have you really looked into what they're doing in the wild or you keep repeating that same thing that everybody yeah. says that it lives yeah. in a termite mound? Like do you really know that for a fact? <laughs> you are a hundred and ten percent right, dude. I tell you what, uh you I mean 
even if you talk to the big breeders of the ball pythons and you get into like natural history with them, mm-hmm. I understand that's not their gig. They're kind of more the end of the entrepreneur side of things, but I've dude, I'm sure. telling you, I fucking geek on ball pythons. I like, Owen, I don't even know why you don't own any man. You want to talk about the most unique python? Hey, hey, I keep as many, almost probably just as many species of python as you do. Probably. I can tell you, there is not a single python that does what a ball python does. That defense mechanism, people might laugh at it, but that is the most unique thing in a python you'll ever see. I've seen a ball python suck into a ball so fast, it was like an armadillo. Like, I mean, wow. just as fast as you can blink an eye. Like, it was... You almost thought they were destroying something. It was so fast. I, this is generally babies and juveniles that do it. Mm-hmm. But like, like I said, that's just such an interesting defense mechanism for a python, you know. And there ain't nothing rarer than a normal ball python. Yeah. So I mean, if you're yeah. looking for rarity, well, at least for right now, right? <laughs> it's, now, it's, I, it's it's it's. I recessive thing though you're gonna we are going to get more normal ball pythons mm-hmm. because that's the way the industry is going is this double recessive thing yeah so that's a whole nother topic right. that i could just rail on too i i think ball pythons were just uh when i was getting into it it was um the interest was in carpets and then everybody kept hitting me over the head with ball pythons saying like, you have to get these. Aren't these awesome? That it was just like the, the, the turn off yeah, happened so hard and so fast. So hard. That it hey, will never, ever, ever, ever come back. You could, yeah. you could be the guy who makes normal ball pythons. No. <laughs> or, or I could not. Hey, and just hey, continue hey, on. I got a, I got a harsh bit of reality for mm. you too. Mm. Do you know what species has a very similar personality to a ball python? Don't know. A rough scale python. I did don't I disagree <laughs> heartily. Yeah. I have to say, dude, oh, they're no. both super placid. They'll go they're both like super placid can, my ass. My female's can, a bitch. <laughs> like well, hey, <laughs> hey, you can get ball python you can get ball pythons like that too. I've had a ball python where the most painful bite I ever had was from one. From and they all don't like Eric. Every time we go yeah. someplace that has ball yeah. pythons, he gets bit. Yeah. I get bit. Yeah. I never get bit by carpets. Always by ball pythons. Always the ball pythons. It's like they heard me talking so, trash. They're like, because, I'm going to get you, you son of a bitch. It's because they lull you into a false sense of security because it's just a ball python. And then it, you so, don't no, get you know what I think either. it is? Mm. I think it is, is that I approach them like I do approach a carpet python. <laughs> and I noticed as I'm watching people and they pick them up, they do it differently than how I would pick up a python. Ah. And I'm so used to working with our boreal stuff or like, you know, stuff like in that sort of niche, if you will. And uh, I don't know. It just seemed to respond differently. but Or they just hear me talking trash and they want to bite the shit out of me. One or the <laughs> other. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So, um, I don't even know where we were, man. We're just jumping no, it was all over the place. I like yeah, it. You, it's a good it, conversation. I like it. Yeah. I like it. I like it. I like it. There is no, there's no um, going to it. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I kind of, I kind of in the mindset of, you know, I get the whole, uh, you know, obviously I'm not trying to, um, make, make it difficult for people to breed or whatever, uh, or anything mm. like that. And I would be a hypocrite. If, if I'm sitting here saying that, you know, they, they should be a certain way, you know, and I, I get your, it takes a while to sort of change over to that, but mm-hmm. I guess, I guess it's because 
like you, William, I'm more geeked out about what seems like you're more geeked out about like natural history type stuff, right? So when you start to read oh, that yeah. stuff, more so than the the uh, um, you know the morphs or this or that or you know whatever's going mm-hmm. on in the industry type of thing or you know those kind of things, when you sort of steer away from that and focus on the animal. I don't know. You start to sort of look at it. And like you, I became felt guilty. Like, this is not right. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I could do better. I could do better than this. You know, it's, it's, it's not that anything is dirty or anything like that. It's just, it could, I could do better, you know? So I don't know. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at. I, I just like seeing my animals. Like I, I always did cages. Yeah. I always had more cages than I did racks. And I enjoy it because it makes my makes my AM checks and my walking around the snake room makes it so much easier. I don't have to open drawers. I don't have to disturb anybody. Just walk. Um, if Just I could, look, yeah. If I could, I I I would duplicate Phil Starkey's um, facility that he's got over in um, he's Germany, right? Um, Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, like they're they're tall. They have a shelf kind of thing going on. There's some nice lights, and it's just like bank after bank after bank. And um, the cages are all uniform, but like I I I love that 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 seemed great to me. So if I could, I would. And I think that I want to make sure that everybody understands. Like keeping baby Mm -hmm. pythons, I believe like. A rack system is the best, but to to what mm-hmm. you're saying, William, you add the green fencing thing, or you, uh, you know, sometimes I'll put paper you, you towel holders for yeah. the for the you know what I mean. So oh, you're yeah. adding that to it, so you're sort of giving them options and whatnot. The reason I always did the paper towel roll rather than the you know super hides or those black hides is because it sort of yeah. stretched across the whole tub, and the snake could be secure and regulate at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. that was the that was to the most genius Dude, this is the most genius idea. When I, I used to do that years ago, and there was no rhyme or reason. I was like, I just throw it in there. But then when I heard you explain right. it, I go, God damn, that was a great idea. I, go, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just just never looked at it like that. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, that's that's pretty, that's a pretty good. I, except when I start getting an abundance of them, I start getting so many of them. At some point, you're just like, wow. And start throwing some of them away. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know. Everybody just, saves their paper towel rolls for me. <laughs> but um even hearing you just talk about you know i mean this this is where my head's at right even you just hearing you say about the ball python thing it's something that i never ever hear people talk about Mm -hmm. and i haven't heard somebody talk about them rolling up into a ball since like i don't know 1992 so you know it it seems like seriously if people just so unique yeah I mean, dude, that is the fucking, like, there's imitators. I've had certain species imitate it, but as far mm-hmm. as the OGs of it, ball pythons are like, I mean, they're, they're it. They're pretty, pretty fascinating. And the fact that they're, even as a, as far as a family tree going, they don't really relate to a whole lot, even the other three African species, you know, they're more yeah. closely related to like the berms and the short tails, if I believe, if I'm right. And they're, don't hardly outside of bloods. I wouldn't even say they look much like bloods. They kind of look more like a berm kind. I would say more than a blood python. Mm. You know? Yeah. I think, well, I, you know, I think the going thing is that they're always sort of like, uh, people will compare them to like an Angolan python, but when you're comparing them to an Angolan python, they're more like an African rock than they are. 
Yeah, you know, golden pythons uh, uh, are fantastic. They're uh, yep. They're they're in your face kind of snakes. When you open up their tub or enclosure, they come straight out at you. The only time I ever have a ball python do that is during a breeding season when they're up in that feed response. The mm-hmm. only time I ever get a ball python to do it. But no, nah, just they, their personality and just their structure is this. I mean, outside of maybe the actual the way their head's shaped, kind of mm-hmm. looks like an angolan, right. but. If you look at their yeah, head sure. sideways, they're so much flatter than a ball python. Yes. Yeah. You know, just in general, they're just totally flat compared to a ball python. At least they should be. You know, most people right. keep them pretty big, but well, they're in, yeah. Yeah. They're kind of outcrop type of stick. You would think that that would make sense, you know, that they mm-hmm. kind of yeah. squeeze into those cracks and be able to compress down laterally compress um makes sense yeah. to, and use those so, beaded scales is kind of like a way to stop so yeah yeah let's 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 talk about uh some of the species that you're with well i'm going to start the carpets and then owen can go into uh you know white the fun shit some yeah. other stuff but like <laughs> i don't know what got you into carpets was it uh you know it just was something different right. or what it was probably Steve Irwin that mm. when he got bit in the face, nailed in the face. Like, yeah, I was like, there's something <laughs> yep. about that. I was like, oh, dude, that is when he. Well, it was when he got bit in the face, and then the one where he was messing with a giant coastal on the road. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy shit, that is cool. So, yep. and right. I remember shortly after getting a ball python, I was like, you know, I really want to get a carpet python, and so. But I think well, the time I got carpet pythons, you guys weren't out yet. Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear Nick's episode till probably a couple of years after that. So I didn't really have any kind of direction with the Morelia per se, other okay. than I wanted to work with them. So I picked up whatever you mm-hmm. saw at a show. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, I got her, I got a pair of just, just run of the mill muck show carpets or whatever. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, I like they, that show carpets. <laughs> yeah. The run of the mill yeah, show carpet. Yeah. And, um, I, that was the first snake I ever bred was a carpet python. I bred them back in 2011 and 12. And then that's when I transitioned over to, well, I've had ball pythons, but then that's when I was starting to breed ball pythons and they kind of mm-hmm. took over till then. And then there was probably 2014 or fifth. I think it was 14. I was listening to you guys' show prior, but there was something around that time frame where I don't know. I really wanted to, I had to itch to work with something else. Cause mm-hmm. I worked with a few different species, but it was primarily mostly ball pythons. And then when I worked at Ben's, it was mostly ball pythons or reticulated pythons. And I found out quick that it wasn't a big retic guy. That's stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's wear and tear on your body. And I'm like, whew, he had like, he probably had 24 retics, six anacondas and, two Burmese Holy pythons. Shit, so Jesus. I had to clean, I cleaned all those on a Friday. I tell you what, I would be exhausted. I yeah. was just drenched with sweat and just, and none of them liked me. So I was like, yeah, not big. <laughs> like I like big snakes, but not like, not I that just, much. Yeah. Not like, like, yeah, nothing like that. But if one retick and she's exhausting, you know, well, that's yeah, funny. Not- I, I picked up a. I ended up picking up a pair of ghosts from uh, Ryan Young because I mm. I have an affinity for the ghost gene coming from Ben. That mm-hmm. kind of sure. As long as they're not assholes, if they're terrible, then it's one of those like, eh, did mm. I miss them that much type of deal? <laughs> but we'll see. 
Right. And, uh, any, anyways, back on the carpet thing. So mm. I don't know what it was. It I, it might have been Nick. I think Nick's pretty good at persuading people. Like, so yes. I think it might have been an episode <laughs> with him. I was listening uh-huh. and I was just like, you know, he brought up so many good points in this hobby. And I think, what was it, 2014, 15, that's when the Lasiak thing was in effect already. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, all the berms are kind of start like drifting away. And well, the rocks, the berms, and the yellow anacondas mm-hmm. were all kind of going to the wayside. And I was like, you know, Nick brings up so many good points when he's like dude if we don't preserve this stuff it won't be here much longer you know mm-hmm. that's and i right. kind of was looking at a lot of the you know the pure carpet stuff because i looked at the pure carpet stuff you know because honestly because i was a ball python guy i looked at i looked at the the carpet python similar to what the boa people do or maybe how most ball pythons would look at other species you want to treat everything the same so you look yeah. at all the morse and the carpet pythons and the morse mm-hmm. always appealed to me. And I was like, Oh man, I want to get all these morphs. So I got all, I start, I gradually start picking up some morphs. And then at some point, I think that's when I short, then uh, probably only a few at the time. And then I listened to Nick and then that's when I listened to Nick to, you know, his good old rants he gets on. Yeah. And that's when something clicked and I'm like, well, why do I need to, I work with all these ball pythons for morphs. I don't really need to work with all these different morphs and Morelia. And I like some of them. Like I'm a sucker for albino because that was probably, that was one of the first snakes I got was an albino ball python. So I have yeah. a soft spot for albino stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, sure, you know, there's a few other morphs that I generally like, but for the most part, carpets, you know, like Nick said hundreds of times, is they just don't need them. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're beautiful the way they are. So I kind of, I kind of, you know, latched on to Nick in the early, in the beginning, like when I really got hot and heavy in the Morelia, probably in the, or re, re, I guess, what was it? Rediscovered my interest, I guess, again, or that fire rekindled that fire. And right. You know, Nick, you get on that phone call with them. Shit. I think I ended up with like five yep. or six carpet pythons at the time yeah you you call so, about one and he's like what else you need I'm like no yeah, i don't need right? anything else no that's not true what yeah. else you need and he talks and, to you for another yeah. hour until you answer and, the question yeah. and then you get and then you just end up just sending them like way more money than you yep. anticipated on sending them and then yep. you end up with just this giant collection of that's how i ended up with just a pretty decent eh, pretty good sized collection of morelia so mm-hmm. and yeah, that's kind of how my Morelia kick got started, and you know, just okay, yeah, it's still there. Yeah. Now your your one in and uh, was in the uh, NPR calendar. Um, yeah. So uh, you know, and I think I, I don't. I, I, well, we'll get into maybe what you're working with. I know there's another one in particular that uh, it's probably me, you, and Nick are probably I think the only people that may have them, but. Before we get into that, inlands. What I mean, yeah. Do you what agree they're in, underrated? Like, come on, oh, give me yeah. a Nick, they, Nick Button speech on. Yeah, come on. Listen, they, I'm they, thinking they, about adding inlands. Convince they, me to add inlands. <laughs> they are such a physically different carpet python. Like I've found minor, like stockier, shorter, mm. stockier yeah. carpet pythons, and they're just. Right. Now the one thing I kind of could disagree with with nick and stuff is you know the most bites i've ever taken were from inlands during late night feedings because i feed at night 
So I okay. set myself oh. up for failure. Yeah, so, that would yeah. Most, that gels. most of them when they're most <laughs> of them when they're up, at, like you you pop that drawer open and they just latch onto my hand. That's probably the most bites I got were from inlands. But you know, hey, I'd rather them have a great feeding response and not one at all. So that is I don't true. mind. But yeah. they, and their color, they're just so drastically different than everything else. I don't. But it, it's definitely one of those you got to see in person. Mm-hmm. You see it in person, yes. then it draws you in. Because, I mean, you can, like you guys said, you can take all the photos you want, but it's just something about, especially that belly man. Like, shit, I'm surprised more ball python people aren't in the inlands when they're in the yellow belly stuff. When I think <laughs> an inland has a cooler looking belly, you know, yeah. I'm just, you know, just my opinion. But I just, I don't know. It's just such a neat, neat carpet python. And, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm shocked. They're just, I like I said, I just think it's one of those they just, once they, uh, once more people get exposed to them, like at shows, you know, that yeah. I think they'll take off, you know, <clears throat> they'll take off. Cause they're at, they're at yeah. that price range where they're not that bad. Cause I remember seeing them back in, what was it? 2012 at Tinley when, uh, Todd and them brought like uh, the soul field yep. line or something. Yeah. They were yeah. like 2,500 uh, four, four grand. And, four grand for something. I'm just like. God, those are cool, but man, four grand. Yeah. Well, at the time, at the time, 2012. That's when I was like, man, people spend that much money on snakes, type of stuff. So yeah. that was a little like, oh, that's crazy. Still had the you know, sticker yeah. shock on that, that you yeah. have to get over very quickly. Yeah. Yeah, and Tinley was a hell of a place to find that out at too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, no, I just, they're they're my favorite of the Morelia. Okay. They're, okay. I, I yeah. think they're the coolest as far as just their looks, their personalities. Just and like I hear I've, you guys say hundreds of times, is line breeding, man. There's mm-hmm. so much potential in line breeding with those things. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's the it's untapped potential, man. It's it's mm-hmm. you know, if I was coming into it now, <clears throat> that's where I would go. You know, that's that's that would be my direction. You know, because oh, yeah. It's just on tap. Them, Darwin's, and of course the Cape Yorks. Uh, wh- how do you oh, like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, they're they're really cool, but they're terrible personality wise. They're fucking mean. They'll that female will I think light it's... me up if I get anywhere near the her tub or anything. She just don't. She doesn't deal with like hands or anything. Even like she's very like she won't strike, but she's quick to turn back on herself to try to latch onto you. Oh, yeah, oh, she has good. such a big. She has such a big head. It's not. I'm not having that happen. Mm-hmm. I'm just like no yeah. bueno there. But yeah, they got those big chunky heads, like mm-hmm. um, oh, you know, like IJs have. You know, yeah, that's, that's exactly. how I see it. Oh yeah, they're they're okay. like the pretty asantic version of an IJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they're a little cool. I personally, I think they're a little cooler. But you know, yeah. not to say, not to say, like no jabs on the IJs. There's some IJs you have that I've been patiently waiting for you yeah. to breed. <laughs> I know. And then, and then, if I'm lucky enough to get you to let go of, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah. it's it's a several step program. He's got to breed it. Then he has to be well, like, no. oh, maybe I'll I let this one go. <laughs> yeah. Well. My my thoughts have changed on that. You know, it's it's been in the past where I would keep that stuff back for myself to for future breeding stock. But since I'm not really looking to be a full time breeder, 
that's not really a, a thing. But what I've learned is I just hate selling snakes. So now you're in the inner circle, man. When you're in the inner yeah. circle, you know, you just... Yeah, yeah they're, they're like, yeah, and he just, just calls and says, get this thing out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you you got the, like, what is it? The IG. I can't, I'm terrible at names. So when you guys name your Morelia, I'm I'm horrible at remembering names. But yep. there, is a, there is one that you have, Eric. It's like dark. I, I don't, oh, it's not Ivy. black, but... No, 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 no. It's it's a different one. I it's a dark chocolate color on the background with these real nice oranges coming up the side, and then like these real cream colored bands. I I might need it. I've seen. Oh. I've asked you about them before. It looks yeah, like yeah, a yeah. Fall. yeah. It looks like if you if there was a fall colored snake, that would be the icon the icon of a fall colored snake. You know, with all the the fall general colors they have. I was like, that thing is fucking sweet. I've been waiting for you to breed. That particular animal, I have not bought any yeah, ideas because I'm like, I that one, that one, something from that. But I'm, okay. I'm a patient guy. I'll I'll wait till you whenever you feel like it. <laughs> well, it, like now that he now that he's turned that corner, where he's not going to keep anything back. You just got to get him to to do the first thing, which is to breed them, and then they'll be yeah. available. So, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Owen's been yelling at me for uh, for not breeding. I think uh, I sent you pictures of I your have. own animals the other week. I, He's like, you I need send, to breed this. I sent him pictures of his own uh, M Pen coastals, and I said, I swear to God, like if you don't, I'm just gonna come take them. So, uh, so I, I, yeah. I, th- I think uh, I'm pretty sure I know the one that you're talking about, and that is, um, um, I'm trying to remember. God, it's been so long since I remember quoting the the going to the, the IJ breeders. archives. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was uh, I got a pair of those that looked them, and they, they oh. still kind of look like that. I mean, they they're just bigger, <laughs> you know, but they, yeah. they they definitely look like that. So they could breed. Uh, they could breed now. Um, I just been. Uh, I don't know. Been every day, man. Just, yes. Every day, just send him a message that says breed them. Okay. Well, eventually, they, I think he did for like a year. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> you know, well, like, there was one hey, year I was just like, hey man, if you ever, you know, and then cause that was at the time when he was holding everything back. So yeah. I was kind of just like, I know I'm probably on the bottom of the list here, but man, if if you do, you know, I'd love to get a, yeah. at least a male or female. I don't even care at this point if it was a single animal. As long as I get something, and I can just. You know, raise it up till till you either do it again or something. I, I so. should uh, I should just go over there and and keep and pressure him to give me the poison ivy stuff because then I'll be important amongst all the IJ people and they won't know what to do. So oh, yeah, ah, yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I know you're talking about for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. That's that. That's a cool snake. Um, Dude, that, that beats is, out uh, any morph <laughs> ever. Like that thing. That that to me would like jump up like all right I don't this I don't mean to be offensive when I say this but popcorn pythons are kind of down here but with that animal they jump up at least by coastals at least <laughs> oh, okay. I'd say they're they're right there that animal that animal like like I said they that's one of the that one that carpet took my breath away as far as the way it looks I don't know and, and that's, that's what yeah. kills me is that there's potential to build an entire line off of just that one look. And then there's all the other looks that you can go with. And I think it's lacking in a lot of the pop one carpets and stuff like that is people aren't trying. Oh dude, I'm with you. Well, now, with now people are. Some people are. Oh they dude. See, you tend to get your followers and then they all drop off or something like that. I don't, I haven't seen 
like, come on. Like, there's a couple people that I really look to, but there should be more by now. What's everybody doing? Well, yeah, Craig. Uh, Craig, yeah, Greg, Greg is off on his stuff. own. No, Greg, Greg's good. Greg is, I count Greg as a, a plus student. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, what were you saying about ball pythons as far as uh, selective dude, that, really breeding? Is that what you, dude, I'm that telling doesn't exist, you, right? I, Never. There is a guy in India who I hear he said, I I've heard of the guy in India. I can't remember his name talking mm. about it, but dude, I think I truly believe that is the next phase for ball pythons. If, because this whole double recessive thing, I hate to be the bearer of bad news to people, but just because it's harder to make, doesn't mean it's going to be better looking. <laughs> you know, the problem people think if I yeah. just jam all these like multi-recessive genes and it takes decades to make. It's going to be worthwhile me getting that end result. I mean, you know? it, it it might just come out like. And th- aren't there several ways to make an all white ball python? Well, dude, there's apparently there's multiple ways to make a pied looking snake too. And there we're starting go. to get the, we're starting to get that with like the the clown pied stuff where you're starting to get an orange snake with a black stripe down its head, and that's all you get. And I go, wow, this sounds like we're going back to the incomplete dominant days where we just threw a bunch of shit together and got six or eight genes, don't know what it is, and just said it's worth 10K or whatever it is. You know, that's kind of you the know, vibe I'm getting now. Jello at the wall. Got it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was uh, It was always like um, I remember uh, I've talked about it on the show. Like, uh, mm. I'd say it was probably around like maybe 2014, 15, probably 14. Me and Rob were walking around the show of Tinley mm-hmm. and um, – as we're walking around, we're just looking at these ball pythons and like, I'm thinking in my head, like, man, if the people in the reptile radio days could see some of these, you know, all these genes, other words, probably like yeah. dream that they never saw would come to fruition, but they all mm-hmm. look the same. They become like this yeah. sort of white snake, beige, almost patternless. Like, I don't yep. know, man. It just, it was like, this mm-hmm. is garbage. Like, what like, are you doing? Like, there's such a cool pattern on these things. And like, I, I don't know. I'm trying to do it now. Like I, I'm trying, like I could like the, there's a gene, it's called the puzzle. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's a, it's essentially an animal. Yes. This just puzzle looking pattern is what okay. it's cool. literally looks just like that or looks like what it sounds. And, uh, you can, I dude, I could, I made two different looking puzzles. There's a traditional real blocky pattern. And I made a striped one where you get a single stripe and these floating alien heads down the side. And I go, dude, you can make two different lines here, a stripe puzzle line and a traditional pattern puzzle line. Mm-hmm. The only reason I didn't do the stripe line is because I had so many males at the time. I was like, I literally can't keep all these. But now now I'm thinking about buying some of those back from people just so I can, you know, do that very thing. Is that the snake? I can't. I don't think that's the Yeah, picture. right. I don't know if that. Yeah, but that that look, I'm like really into that like real dark chocolate look into the orange with the creams on the side mm-hmm. that is yeah that is mint there that does it for me vpi but yeah <laughs> yeah that that's, that's my kind stuff. of look mm. but but yeah sorry i didn't mean to distract you with that it just popped up oh you're good <laughs> so i was like oh, shit, you're good shit. yeah mm-hmm. but yeah the, the, the selective breeding i think that's I just don't understand why more ball ball python people haven't picked it up yet. I know why. It's because we're all followers. We want to follow what the big guys are doing. We want to follow that trend. But 
I tell people all the time, I go, you need to be more creative than that. I mean, if you wanted to like, like the line breeding thing, like I hate desert ghost, right? Desert ghost is the biggest right. pop out gene in the fucking whole industry. Cause people will take dog shit looking animals, breed a desert ghost to it. And then boom, the homozygous forms pretty. But then the heterozygous right. animal looks like dog shit. It's all brown. And oh, I've seen some people with horrible looking heterozygous animals. And then their homozygous form is pretty. So I'm, I don't right. know. Like I, that's, I just have such a polar opposite way of thinking about things for the ball Python. Rather it's a good thing or not, I guess we'll find out. But like, I don't know. I just never, yeah, you kind of have, really uh, vibed with them. you, you kind of have like the, I would say the more um, everything. So there's like ball pythons and everything mm-hmm. else. Or yeah. let me say, I think there's ball pythons and retics probably fall into that same thing where they're trying I, to make as more as they can. I, yeah. deal. I'm, I'm getting kind of nervous with the blood python community because I'm almost starting to get that vibe. I'm not saying they're there yet, but I'm saying that right. it's, it's, I don't know. There's like this, because it's attracting a lot of the ball Python people. Mm-hmm. But the problem right. is the ball Python people are so focused on their mindset of thinking about something. They're not willing to change. See, when I got into the Morelia at first, I was like, treat it kind of like a ball Python. But then once you got like, when I start listening to you guys, you kind of, you got to be willing to learn and take in advice or, you know, listen to people. And then there's so much mm-hmm. like you, like Nick, like fucking Nick, you follow Nick and you see all the line breeding projects he's accomplished and you go, why can't I do this with a ball Python? Cause mm-hmm. you can, you just got to be willing to do it. And that's the problem is no one's willing to do it. They want that formula that Justin instant gratification. Is. Yeah. And it's not, it's not just yeah. them. This is, go- this is going on mm-hmm. from the beginning. Like I remember, I remember like, when first ball pythons hit, it was like that one gene, you just produce the shit out of it, sell it for twenty or $50,000. And then that combo situation started happening. So now mm-hmm. the single gene, unless it was new, starts going down. So now you make the combos and it didn't matter what it was. It was worth 10 grand at least. Right. And now it's, and then it became the add as many genes in the snake as possible. And it doesn't matter what it looks like. If as long as it's six or more genes, it's worth 15,000 or whatever per se. Now it's flipped and now it's the recessives, but it's still that like, we don't give a shit what the recessive looks like. We're just going to combine it just because it's hard to make. Okay. It's worth this much. And that's, I just, but that doesn't make sense. Cause like, wouldn't, if I, if I, why would you want to be known for like, what what if I produced a carpet and it was like ugliest fucking thing you've ever seen? Like, why am I going to be like, this will be, this will be my cornerstone of rogue. I will make it my thing. This butt ugly carpet. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. The ball pythons, you just need to, I don't know. I just, but you know, it's one of those things you can, you, I could preach this all day, every day till I'm blue in the face. I have to show people this is what you can do. Otherwise, they don't give a shit, right? What it, what you say, unless you have proof, right? And uh, like, I got some projects, like I, oh, and you probably won't care, but I'll, sh- I could, I could send you photos of like lion breeding ideas I have that I showed Nick because I thought, dude, I can do some really crazy things with this, and not mm-hmm. to mention, like most ball python people think lion breeding is just making something look pretty. No, okay. I can make something look totally different. Right. Than what it, right. the genes originally had in yeah. it. Like, 
Oh, man, I don't know if I want to divulge this or not, but there, I hate Desert Ghost, right? But there's mm-hmm. something really cool you can do with Desert Ghost, I believe, but it just, it's going to take time. Okay. And I just, right. it's one of those things I'm willing, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the gene, I think I'm willing to wait it out and see if I can make something different enough to really blow the cap off of what ball python people, the way they look at things. You That'd know. be a good thing. To, well, like, I think you have try. it. I think you have it right. As far as like, you look at guys like Kabalka and stuff like that, Ozzy, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the people that stand out in the ball python hobby today. And I think they stand out because they're sort of, they're not they're you know, they're not listening to what other people tell them. They're not yep. following whatever the trend exactly. is. They're setting mm-hmm. the trends, you know, they're, yes. they're having some, some imagination, some, 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 some thinking forward to say, Oh, I wonder yeah. if I could like accent this blue in this inland, or I wonder if I could accent this stripe on this ball python or, I, or, you know, Oh, look, it's, it's got this crazy band look or mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, there's just the sky's the limit, you know, that you could do. And I remember in the early days when I would, see like crates of ball pythons coming in and like just looking at all the different looks and not knowing anything about morph or anything but like there's old ones and yellow ones and brown ones and tan mm-hmm. ones and you know like it was just not i don't know it was just nuts and oh, you don't yeah. see anybody really i i and i'm not really in the ball python so i'm sure there's a there's there may be people out there that are doing it but you don't really see it, it yeah. in the mainstream i guess yeah, <laughs> if if people are doing it, it's probably the closet breeders, the ones you hardly ever hear from or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's right. I don't know. I just I just think more people need to be a bit more creative. And it's uh, by more people, it's primarily just the ball python people. It's just a lack of creativity. It's like you got to yeah. help them across the road or something. They they can't pave their own. They just I don't know. Just lack of imagination. I guess I don't know. Well, it's kind of like I, what Keith did. With the Borneos, right? And yeah, he didn't. Yeah. There wasn't morphs or anything. There wasn't any of that said, stuff. Well, I like, I like this look. Yeah, and I like this look. What happens when I put them together, and you know, out comes something you know, crazy, and you and, sort of run with it. And and I look at it like this too. Like me being a primarily a ball python guy for the most part, I I watch or not watch, but I listen to you guys, and I can't for the life of me, for the fucking life of me, understand. I share your guys' shit as often as I can, you know, if I listen to a good episode and go, dude, this had great information. Like mm-hmm. today, to this day, I think one of your guys is better, especially for a ball python guy, your genetics round table. Mm-hmm. And yet yeah. ball python people, because Justin didn't put it out, they don't want to listen to it. I go, that's horseshit. <laughs> I go, dude, all right, like here, here's this one's blows my mind. So mm-hmm. now all of a sudden, nidovirus is a huge thing. I remember you guys talking about this back in 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. And now in the last, right. since COVID-ish time, people, ball python people are now talking about this. I go, dude, where the fuck have you guys been the last three or four years prior to this? <laughs> and I'm just like, right. and I've talked about it, but nobody cares. Like, it, it, it's so frustrating. It's like, because so many people are so focused on wanting to look at like the car industry, the 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 I like some other industry that has nothing to do with snakes, right? Right. I go, dude, there's so much right. you can learn just within this hobby. Remember, there was a there was a bunch of other people working with a bunch of other different species doing great things that you could still do because I think people are so they look at ball pythons and they just they they just look at them as oh this isn't a python. 
Mm. Like, I, I think people forget that. Like, there, it's almost getting to the point where people look at a dog and forget it's still a canine. It's right. Still a member of the, right. you know, the canine mm-hmm. group. And it's, it's kind of that right. same thing. Ball Python people are taking this and they're just like, oh, this, the, nothing else applies when really all pythons outside of the select few can be bred very similar to each other. I mean, yeah. they're, I mean, slight care tweaks here and there, but I mean, nothing that's going to be like, pull your hair out, overthink this kind of shit. Right. But it's just, right. as far as just the getting perspectives, I just don't understand why it's not. And I try to draw people to you guys all, like I said, I'm going to blow you guys in and out throughout this whole episode, but gotcha. dude, it's just, I try to, I try to fucking direct them to you guys. Cause like I said, you guys have gold and a lot of your episodes, but just, it's just frustrating. I guess to say mm-hmm. the least. Yeah. I think you can hear it in my voice when I talk about it. <laughs> nobody yeah. cares. And I'm a ball yeah. python guy. Yeah. So I don't get why fucking no one cares. Right. Well, I guess I it's to, sort of the. Oh, go ahead. You need. I was just gonna say maybe I just need to be a big YouTuber or something for someone to give a <laughs> shit, but I don't uh, know. I, <laughs> it's um, it's similar to how I was uh, tra- like with Reptile Radio, right? You know, I say it all the time. Yeah. That, you know, exactly. the, the focus of their podcast was ball pythons, and every once in a while they would talk about other stuff. But just listening to them talk about how they're breeding, how they're keeping tips on like how to get eggs and these mm-hmm. things that I'm sitting there going like, okay, so I can probably apply that to carpet pythons, you know, because there wasn't a lot of information out there. So I'm like, okay, let me try to look and see if it's the same sort of thing, you know, and I'm just listening to people talk about breeding pythons. And to me, I sort of like, you know, as much as I wanted them to specifically about carpet pythons, I was just happy they were talking about pythons. So I'm like, I look at that information or I listen to that information and I try to apply it to what I'm doing, you know, so. 110 percent i just don't get it it blows my mind like i can just you can just see like when i'm at a reptile show and i'm talking to the whoever another breeder usually and i'm talking to them about like shit i heard on your guys podcast from a Mm. well-known other species breeder and you can just see the eyes glaze over and just the information just it's gone yeah like you're just like (laughs) come on guys i go some and then that's when I start questioning why you're interested in this shit. I just, right. I don't know. Yeah. I just geek out about snakes and reptiles in general. But like, dude, anytime there's I, anything with pythons, dude, I always give it a listen and like learn yeah. stuff from colubrid people, learn stuff from boa people. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all there, dude. There's I don't know. Even if you want to, I don't know. I I'm we're getting so off topic from what we were talking about. I don't even know. Where we're at <laughs> no, right it's now. good because but that's the problem it's is good, that man. nobody nobody ever takes that other step to be like, well, just because it's done for king snakes, I can't do that for a python. It's like, well, what is stopping that? Like, and you know I guess that perceived shit. formula that everyone wants. Right. Well, I people guess. like people were blowing yeah. uh, what is it? I put guppies in in water cups for carpet pythons. People are like, you can't do that. I'm like, it why not? <laughs> like it, yeah, right? Like, dude, rhino rat breeders do this all the fucking time, and look, it's working. Like, I don't understand. So, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know if it was because in the early days we saw. We, I, I don't want to say we ever hated on ball python, but I think the thing was is like I've never hated the species, but it's just like yeah. I hated the idea of the whole. 
I, I hated is the wrong word. I did. I just I thought that, that to your point, right? Yeah. That they were more focused on the morph side of it, and Jamming you know, where a lot of times, possible. I got to be honest, a lot of times I would be defending ball pythons to fellow Morelia people because they started to get into the morphs hot and heavy. And you know they would be like you know doing doing that, and then the same path they shitting on people because they're breeding ball python morphs, and I'm like, what are you doing, man? Like you're doing the same thing. Same or like thing. if I want to yeah. make a blue and black and green and yellow chondro, somehow that's not in the realm of a morph. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. that's not a morph. No, no, like, that's no, a uh, not designer of snake you know what i mean There's like you can difference. call it whatever you want to call it but it's no different than if i took a candy and an albino and a, and a puzzle and a whatever and a wookie and put them all together yeah there is a it's a ball hey, it's a called wookie. a wookie yeah, that's true you know and the best hey and this is what makes and this is no jab i well this is a jab to other spy, python keepers but at least ball pythons are not making hybrids that's all i'm saying Fucking well, conjures people are making no. hybrid. Not saying they're ball pythons. I'm starting to see it's scary. I'm starting to see more ball python people do it. I'm like, the fuck are you guys doing? You mean, there's there's always dude. there always right. seems to be like a, a good year stretch where everybody's like, and I made a ton of walls. It's like, why did you did do you, this? Ugh, did yeah. you see? Did you see the ones? Um, oh, I you someone's gonna know if I even mention it, but mm. Peter Williams' uh, wall, walls he made. He's a he's a Canadian breeder. He did some weird mm-hmm. ball python morph with a Woma python. Dude, hang on a second. Hang on. It, it was – I'm so against hybrids, it's ridiculous. But mm. I will say that animal was so crazy looking, it actually concerned me. Well, like was... it concerned me that I think people might actually look at that and go, that might be a viable thing to start doing. I and mean... that's – that that it, that's what I mean. It just it terrified me. It's not that hard that's to slip down there. Because <laughs> yeah. what is it, Joe from uh, God? What was his what was his podcast? Uh, Joe told me that it's like, hey, if corn snakes lay eggs in oh, the round, from the ground up, yeah, from the ground oh. up. If, they, if, they, if they're round, those are yeah. normal. If they're any kind of elongated, that means at one point they crossed it with a rat snake. I'm like, oh god, <laughs> like well, oh, people no. apparently, my buddy's big. <laughs> My buddy's big in the corn snakes and said they've been breeding cow king or cow king snakes into them for years. Years. Yeah. For years. It, so all that knows stuff gets mixed been, in and all that stuff. Yeah. The big one that terrifies me now is what was the the super retic? It was the Timor and the retic. Timor, was, yeah. Dude, I, I saw like, one. I saw one in Indonesia where yeah. it was a 75% retic morph with a 25% Timor. And its head structure looked just like a Timor, which blew my mind. I figured at 70, unless he goofed up and meant to say 25 Timor, yeah. 75 Timor retake because its head looked just like a Timor. Mm. And I'm like, dude, at 75%, it should look just like a retake. You shouldn't even hardly be able right. to tell there's yeah. Timor in it, I would think. But I just look at that and I go, why? Yeah. <laughs> why? <laughs> yeah. It was there was the, there was that gray yeah. Timor that I like people were like oh look at this some morphed not not the Exanic was a different one it was like a it was almost patternless and white and people were like no. look the morphs in Timors are starting I'm like oh god no and then I think it came out that that was a retic Timor oh crossed. was it was it I, thought, okay. I think so well I, heard I, I hope so. So. Well, the fucking the Timor Python, the back of the Barker's book, apparently is just a patternless Timor. Uh, the, That's the what Island, I heard. The Rinka That's, Island ones are patternless. Well, I heard it's a morph. It's just some. It's same thing like when you get a patternless yeah. uh, tannin bar. 
Oh, well, then hell. I mean, yeah. Yep. So I don't think I, from what I was told, it's not genetically any different. It's just the morph of it, which I mean, let's face it. Azantic and patternless seem to be in abundance in all those Indonesian pythons. Right. Like you see it in yeah. literally almost all of them, you know? It's, so, and it's almost like I don't mind if there's like a couple morphs. Like olive pythons didn't explode because there's an albino. Okay. Whatever happened to that blue one, that Azantic eh. one? You remember? Yeah, who knows? Whatever. Right. It's not here, so we don't care. If it's a python species that might be a little bit difficult to breed, and the morph doesn't branch off, I think they're breeding that one in Australia. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're breeding them in Australia. Yeah. Someone bred a water python to an albino olive python and made albino hybrids. So apparently, went two generations. I'm like, why would you do that? It's a patternless snake. But then they're sitting there like, I bred, I I have albino water pythons. No, you don't. (laughs) Like it is, you have Blyasa special. (laughs) That is my biggest, that is my biggest fear. If, you know, say, God, if this ever happened, it'd be amazing. But it would have a huge downfall. If Florida, not Florida, if Australia ever opened up its gates to the, to the world. I'm We'd afraid <laughs> Antaresia would magically become one species. Yep. Magically, like boas. Overnight. Like just, yeah. yeah just people with <laughs> four different species. Fuck that. They're all one. You know, oh, five now. It's <laughs> all one species now. You know, it, it, it's that's and it's, I mean, that it would happen to anything, but blue tongues, blue tongues would probably be the same. Yeah. But I, yeah, that's the one downside I see to ever that ever becoming a thing. Well, and it saddens me. I kind of, I kind of think that um, number one, I think there would be people that would definitely import stuff, but I would think that the price would be so high it would probably be people like well, us see, that yeah. like Chat, really well, want. Well, like, I'll disagree yeah. with that. I I will guarantee okay. you there will be ball python people like Will Banks or something that will mm. fork over a ton of money. And yeah. he's he him being a big morph guy, he would probably get more than Nick. I'm dead dead serious. Unless yeah. like everyone really? in the Morelia community forked dude, that dude has money. He has trust me, if he saw some fucking I don't know, Bob Clark doesn't get sued for that whole IBD thing, I'm sure he might he'd probably be someone else who'd throw in a bunch of money with Will. It would be a huge like I think you guys underestimate when these guys see an opportunity in something like a morph like that, small bunch of different colors. I mean, it wouldn't even. I mean, how how hard would, would it be to they would to wire fill up a bank? That night. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they fill would, up a fill up a, a bank of racks with a couple, and, and that would set and, you up forever. And you would, and like I said, you would just see that. And like, and don't get me wrong, there would be mm. this. It would be like kind of what carpets are now, but just actual. Well, more hybrids per se, I guess, because they would have. The purists like us, like mm-hmm. Nick, us, and all, they would just keep it all straight and narrow. But then you'd have a huge fucking pool of just like boa stuff. It, I would be just like the boas, I bet. Just like the boas. Yeah. Just, yeah. Everything gets intermingled. No one gives a shit. Some people wouldn't believe they're different species. You know, that that always cracks <laughs> yeah, then- me up. There's a, there's a big boa guy that just refuses to believe there's three different species of boa. I'm like, okay, man. Okay. We'll right. go, we'll go with that. Whatever, whatever gets you <laughs> to sleep at night. All right. Yeah, I'm, sure, fine. I'm sure he's never done scientific paper in his life no. or any kind yeah. of no, genetic testing yeah. or studies oh, or even seen him in the wild. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's seen him in the wild, but he smuggled them. Oh, you guys oh, probably okay. know what I'm talking about. Okay. Yeah. 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 I listened to a podcast with, not recently, a while ago. And, he just was like, 
they're all one species. I go, oh, okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. <laughs> I go, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Same thing with the, like the fucking, the retic communities, same way. I don't, they're all, I mean, they're doing like Garrett's doing good job trying to, you know, get people excited about the, the wild type animals, but they're the same way. I mean, those are all just much beyond belief. Cause dude, they, to me, they have just as much morphological differences and physical differences as the Curtis complex. Yeah. And the Curtis. Yeah. So this is, yeah. this is what I thought was funny. You, I, uh, Justin and them, when they were talking about, um, um, Dave was changing all his papers and switching the stimps and I over to children. I, mm-hmm. and that's why I asked right. Justin like, Hey, do you, what's the divergence time by a chance between the two? Cause the Curtis only was like 1.5 with all the four species. And yet uh-huh. there are four different species. Mm-hmm. Like I'm right. sure stimps <laughs> and I and children, I just, especially the Western, you know, the Western stimps and I and the children, I'm sure those have a huge, yes. Yeah. Oh, a fairly big difference, I'd say, genetically. It but has to be. I don't. I and that's the same way I look at like the retics and stuff. Like they're without a doubt. If the Curtis complex is separate, they'll be separate. And it's I don't know. That's another thing too. When you look at all these other species, it's not a. You can kind of piece this puzzle together, kind of. You can kind mm-hmm. of see how it's all, how just you know how it all works out essentially. You know, scrubs are kind of the same way. Unfortunate or fortunately, they weren't really uh, morph driven, um, probably True. because of the size and the, you know, the temperament as opposed to, I, you know, I think retics really have that mentality now to where they're not as uh, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, my dad had wild retics and those things were just straight up evil. Like they just wanted to kill yeah. you. And Dude, hey. I, Special go, kind of go crazy. I'll say, go ahead. That's Sorry. Go ahead. I could tell oh, you dude, if there was any Morrison scrubs, I fucking guarantee you they'll pop off just like the retakes did. Only because, just dude, how are retics ever in someone's right mind a good pet? Like a mainland, yeah, yeah. okay, mainland retic. Yeah. We'll go with a yes. mainland, a yeah, monster retic. The giant the mainland. Was, how the fuck was that ever? Like, man, this would be a great pet for a family of five with a bunch of little children and pets around, <laughs> right? Like, how was that yeah. everything? Because it's, the Morris made it a thing. Yeah. And I guarantee you yeah. the Scrubs, dude, I almost, I bet if they had Morris. That's why, like, I agree with Nick. I like some of this shit just doesn't need Morris. You yeah. see, just, yeah. we need to work with it just for the fact of preserving it yeah. for fucking captivity, right? Fuck the Morris, man. Right. I mean, like I said, I'm a big ball python guy, and I'm saying fuck the Morris because it's like, you know. They, not well, everything needs yeah, a paint and, job to be cool, right? Nothing really. And nothing really back, needs a paint job to be cool. And the back people that are like, you know, again, like could kind of have the the natural look of like a carpet python, you know, and and just sort of be happy with that. And if you wanted mm-hmm. to get into morphs, there are like, I mean, you can't go wrong yeah. the ball python because one species you know what i mean so it's yeah. like yeah. you know you're not going to run into crossing and inbreeding and you know and, and all that and kind of locality s- bullshit yeah and, all that yeah. kind of stuff yeah you know i don't know i've seriously considered I trying to th- do a locality thing with the ball pythons too <laughs> man like right now right yeah i know it sounds funny right now i'm trying to get i got a buddy in south africa and i'm mm-hmm. seriously like trying to hey Dude, I get Should some do it, ball man. pythons from Sen- uh, Seagal, and then what's the other country? Uh, but not Benin. Fuck, what Benin? is it? Uh, 
Oh. No, it's not Benin. Uh, Togo. So what the furthest? Togo? No, it's the furthest uh, eastern eastern range of Uganda. Uganda. Uganda? Uh, they Uganda. they got a range there, and I'm just like, I want a locality group here, a locality group on the furthest west of their range. Mm-hmm. And I just think it'd be cool to have. I think it would be. Yeah. But, and because I don't know, I could like, get so, into that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'd be cool. See if there's any. I personally, though, personally would like to actually go there and see them. Because I'd like to see. I doubt there's yeah. genetic differences, but I there could be mm-hmm. fit like behavioral differences. Like one might be more boreal in this, you know, in the Uganda compared to the ones in the other side, you know, or yeah. you know, one might be more terrestrial or more uh, fossorial. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm. It'd right. just be interesting. Is it? But, I'm not sure about this, but isn't there one? There isn't there one locality that's way bigger than the other, I, like the normal ball python. I wonder, bullshit? yeah, no, there's, there's one, I've never actually personally worked with them. I wonder if that's just a food source. Like some people, you know, oh, I remember, maybe. I remember in the, in the, um, you know, the ball python people are mm-hmm. so obsessed, oh, so obsessed with these ASFs and, you know, African softwares and, yep. you know, and dude, there's so many other rodent species. You guys think these are the only things they eat? There's a, the, um, the pouch rats, the giant pouch rats yep, 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 they use yep. for landmines. Mm-hmm. Some of those are in the cer- same range as some ball pythons. That's a fucking three pound rat. I'm not saying yeah. they're eating the bigger ones, but I mean, I wouldn't, I'd put some XL, the jumbo rats and some ball pythons for So I guarantee you that, you know, if it's hungry, it's going to give it a shot. So I'm sure some of those might be just food sources, you know, just bigger prey items so they can pick up the niche. Like, uh, yeah. Kind of like uh, shit. You can equate this to other species of animals, like like whenever the tigers got eliminated from a lot of the Indonesian islands, the leopards picked up those niches. Mm-hmm. Now they grow a little bit bigger because they can. They don't need mm-hmm. to worry about getting eaten by tigers. Kind of the same thing with the ball python. I kind of see them as like right. you know, if the if the rock python was eliminated from that area, some of those might grow bigger to pick up that niche. And it's not right. something that's going to mm-hmm. happen right away because when you listen to that. That uh, the the watch the movie they talk about you know some of the a lot of the predators not being in that range. I don't know if rock pythons are still like fit into some of those countries if they've been eliminated in mm-hmm. some of them. Mm-hmm. But there's um right. you know if if there's no rock pythons a ball python I'm sure be just as willing to pick up whatever niche the rock python left behind. I'm not saying they're going to be eating impalas right. in the next 20 years or anything, but, you know, <laughs> but they're, they're steadily, steadily, steadily get a little larger. Yeah. You know? Right. Hmm. But. Okay. So, uh, let's talk about white lip pythons because the two of you guys have both bred them. You know, you've hatched. I, I'm, I'm, I'm still working on it, but yes. Owen's patiently <laughs> waiting. <laughs> patiently waiting. Did it take yep. you? Did it take you a while to figure it out? Or? Yeah, it took it two two seasons. So two years, I guess it took me. So my females I got from Ben when Ben kind of decided he wanted to let go, focus more on the ball pythons. Mm-hmm. He got some. He got a group of captive bred ones from uh, Chris from Mystic Reptiles. Okay. He um, yep. he had he got a clutch from him. Well, when Ben decided to get rid oh, of them, okay. he just gave them. He gave them all to me. So mm-hmm. I had these three females raising up and I didn't have any males. And I was like, how oh, do I really want to fuck around with wild caught ones? And I was, yeah. I don't know. I was just kind of human and ha. And I was like, but then I think later on that year, 
Ryan ended up producing that clutch. And I go, perfect. I don't mind waiting to raise a male up for a while. So mm-hmm. I got like two males from Ryan whenever he got his first clutch of golds. Okay. And um, I was mainly waiting for them, waiting for them to get up to, an, I guess, when they, there's, I guess, whatever age they prefer breeding at. Cause if they were, my ma- my females were like nine years old. Okay. Well, my the one that bred was nine years old, and she uh, I kept them small, man. Like mine are tiny. Like mine probably my female my males are small enough to fit in a CB or not a C, like a thirty two quart tub mm-hmm. real comfortably. My and they're proven breeders, and they well the one is a proven breeder, and they don't they're tiny. Um. Yeah, I, I think I've, that's I've, definitely more along the lines of that people like I remember my first couple of white lips were like eight feet long and it's like, oh, that'd be it, horrible. My, 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 yeah, I mean, my male gold right now is about six foot, but I keep him thin as he's a thin whip like he is, yeah. you know, because uh, he's right on that edge of getting too big. But my my female is only about maybe five feet but she's not huge that's a, that's about what my females and are. that's five i think and where they, sh- they should be so yeah um and i did I, I do agree with you that like it's later it's not it's not oh they've hit four now hidden <laughs> you go here you go yeah, right yeah well sometimes i wonder about that too because you know i think sometimes we overthink the age of a mm-hmm. lot of these animals only the only reason I say this is because you had like the the uh, the K brothers bred a, an olive python female at eighteen months old. Right. I'm not saying everyone should do that. Please but I'm God, saying no. I, I'm I'm just saying and Daniel Natouche, right? Dan, yep. I, I reference the shit out of a lot of your guys' videos, but he made a he made you know most conjure people say four or five years at least. Daniel mm-hmm. Natouche was saying they breed at around two to three years of age, and I go, well, it's kind of. I mean, he's studying probably more of these than most people are keeping in captivity. So I think yeah. he has a, f- a firm foot to say some stuff like that with some yeah. fair confidence. But I, like I said, I'm not trying to say everyone breed their animals at a year and a half old or whatever. But, you know, I, I think especially younger males, I'm definitely not afraid to breed them too young as long as nah. they're not going to. This is going to sound kind of bad, but I personally keep my males in almost every, actually all species. I keep them all way smaller than the female. Mm -hmm. My motto is I would rather the female eat the male and still live after eating it. Because (laughs) I saw that that one one dude who had a pair of pop ones ate each other and they were like the same size. That dude got so lucky that fucking female didn't roll on him. And I would personally... It, it didn't die. I was I was one hundred percent sure that I, thing was going to die. From what I heard, it's still it's doing fine. And I'm just Jesus. like, dude, I would much rather. And this sounds bad, and I God, this it sounds bad, but I would much rather just the male get eaten, and I'd be like, all right, at least I can get another male and raise it up at a reasonable age. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, like it sounds bad, but it's that's just my mindset. I'd rather have one animal die rather than two Both. animals die. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather have none of them die, obviously. But if they were, if I'm going to have to choose. Right. You know, personally, I just, you know, it's most of the time. Not to say I don't get attached to some of the males. So, you know, I've had a few times where I've had to beat the uh, white lip off of another white lip before. So those are fun yeah. times. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, something interesting about that, too. And I've heard you mm. guys talk about it with like Ryan and stuff. You guys, I've heard you guys mention once they're not compatible, 
it's, they don't think it could ever be compatible, but I've noticed they seem to do, it just seems to be a mood thing. Like one mm-hmm. year I've had a female fine with a male. Then the next year she was like, it, but she probably just wasn't wanting to breed at all. So she was just fuck this male. I'm going to eat them. If you keep them in here with me, yeah. you know? So I've had one female that I tried breeding last year. Didn't go totally fine with the male and tried her this year again. And this time she was more inclined to wrap them both up. So I don't necessarily believe that they're, I think it's just, you got to find that right timing or just be patient, be willing to sit there and have to pull them apart. If they're going to try to wrap each other up. I I would agree with that because I think my my pair that bred this year, the year prior, I was pulling them off each other and pulling teeth out of each other. So that's never fun. No, no, I remember uh, that was actually the, the female I had prior to this girl. Um, she split my mail up so bad we had to get him stitched. Yeah. It it took I had this happen with Savu Pythons twice mm-hmm. where they wrapped each other up and it took me so not so long, but it took me long enough to separate them. The male ended up getting neurological problems from it. Like his neck, you know, yeah, yeah, just fucked up his head and he's just yeah. he's a little loopier now than he used to be. So that's I, I had to give my Kelly Kings the year off just because I want them to all the heal. <laughs> like it's like yeah, you're right, all, all the, they're all she's uh, all chewed up all over her neck. And my male is just he's such an aggressive breeder. She's got bite marks down her side. I'm like, what were you doing down there? Like it's <laughs> but totally get that. But oh. can you walk us through, you know, pairing your white lips and stuff like that? Okay. And then also at getting eggs and getting babies because I'm I'm staring down those barrels in the next couple of weeks. So breeding, I, you know, honestly, the best person you can go to right now is probably Ryan Young. Yeah. So I asked him and he had a very, so prior to Ryan, I used to get a lot of my breeding information from Nick Mm -hmm. and, um, Nick does obviously great things, breeds lots of different species, but you know, he hasn't bred white lips as far as I can think of. So I was like, well, I'm going to ask Ryan because, you know, they do similar things anyway. So I was just curious what his opinion on why, why Nick hasn't had success compared to why Ryan's had success. So I was just curious. And I, um, I did cause I used to do the Nick mutton method, right. Where Mm -hmm. I used to feed, I used to not feed hardly anything, maybe every once in a great while during summer. And then I would feed real heavy in the fall. And then I wouldn't feed in the winter time and then right. feed them again back in spring. That what Nick always said, Nick's mm-hmm. always, you know, that was what, that's always what he hammers. Well, mm-hmm. you talk to Ryan Young, Ryan Young says, no, 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 I don't feed all mm-hmm. summer, but I'll feed throughout fall and then throughout winter. So I'll feed, he'll feed throughout the winter times. And then usually by then he don't usually have to feed them by spring. Cause most of the time his stuff's grab it by then, but you know, keep feeding them into spring if you have to. So that's mm-hmm. what I did. And that's when I ended up getting, well, the clutch of eggs. And even my other pair, my other pair of white lips were breeding too. I saw plenty of courtship, just nothing ended up happening. Nothing came. Pair. Okay. So, but I mean, I got tons of breeding from that too. So I'm going to probably continue that method. I think that's always a weird thing. I always found with like, I don't know, fucking the, the, the whole misnomer whenever like, um, I don't know. Ryan would always explain this, but I go, I don't think you're explaining it well enough because everyone seems to think, no, I'm just not going to feed during winter. Right. In actuality, yeah. he's feeding through and w- during through, winter. Through winter. Yeah. To do the whole thing. Now, mm-hmm. the one, so, one thing I have to do differently, though, 
is because my room, I don't run off ambient because I can't do it. I kind of would like to do ambient temperatures, but I can't do it because my the room everything's in isn't insulated well enough. So okay. you would get a whole bunch of cold, cold know, spots, spots and, and yeah. shit. Mm-hmm. So I go, I can't do cold or I can't do ambient or anything. So I can't really feed really big meals during winter just for the fact that they could get a little too cool. That may not yeah. be a good thing. So I feed them, but they're just smaller meals, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I try to keep them a little bit on the smaller side. And then, like I said, they bred, like, I tell you what, dude, those white lips, when they were breeding, they were, I mean, he would lock within seconds of putting them in there. They would be together. And then, you know, then I'd start seeing the ovulation. Cause I, you, after breeding so many ball pythons, you kind of, even most pythons, like, I can't tell you how frustrating it is when you have a pretty good eye at spotting good follicular development Dude, mm-hmm. I had I had a rough scale build, big follicles. I saw the swell. Male wanted nothing to do with them. Right. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. fuck it. I don't want nothing to do with it. Coastals. I've had tons of coastals build big follicles right there. Males want nothing to do with it, yep. or the female just for whatever reason ended up re- reabsorbing anyways. Yep. So I had that happen a few times still, but they, um, for the most part, yeah. When they were into each other, I mean, they would not leave each other alone. They would be all yeah. over each other. There was know? a good, and, there was a good like week where I was like, oh, they're locked again. Okay, because yeah, I don't know if this, I, I, this is gonna sound kind of bad too, mm. but I kind of barely spot cleaned. I, obviously, I would change out water because they need yeah. clean water to yep. you yep. know to live to live. But yeah. outside of that, <laughs> I would kind of keep their cage a little. Not horrendously bad, but I mean, if there was poop kind of in the front where I wouldn't have to shift around and move around any of their shit, mm. I would just take that out and leave kind of the rest. I wouldn't fiddle with right. them. And I breed, I do breed mine in big tubs. Mine are in the big boa tubs. Okay. They got, you know, they're where they, they can't see anything. My fear would be is if I kept them in at least some of mine, I've noticed if you, some of them, if you want to get a trigger out of them, if I open that tub, just that motion gets them riled up sometimes. My fear mm-hmm. would be in a cage, which I mean, you obviously had success, but if you're, if you don't keep them in a big enough cage with enough foliage and shit to hide in, I think you're going to run the risk of them trying to kill each other or, I, or the axe or the potential. Or the swiping. Yeah. I, yeah. I would say getting my female back on food was horrific because she was defensive as shit about her entire cage the second those eggs got laid. And I kind of tried to do the carpet thing where, like, I removed the eggs, I swapped out the bin, I, you know, cleaned her off and stuff like that, and then I cleaned the cage a little bit, and that would be fine. She was not having any of it until I did a full mulch change. Really? Swapped everything out. After that, she settles right, like, we're talking, like, I'm across the room and she's hitting the glass. Um, Mulch change. She settles down. She takes a food like she takes a rat that night. And I'm like, okay. So now we've learned there can be no scent of eggs anywhere left. Got it. Like it was right. Yep. So I've I've kind of gotten lazy with that method because I've noticed even with ball pythons, mm-hmm. I used to do that stuff all the time, and I would still get females go off food. So I said, I said, fuck it. I'm just not mm-hmm. going to even bother doing it. And it to me personally it seems very hit and miss. Yeah, You'll have it is. Some females will eat regardless if you clean them or not. They don't give a shit. Others, they might wait out a little bit, but I think some people get a little too worried about, you know, 
oh my god it hasn't eaten in all these months it looks like a, a <laughs> fucking tube sock it's just how is it yeah. you know, well you guys seen them in the wild There's oh yeah, oh, yeah. Wild snakes, like yeah. tube socks yeah. and shit and you know i'm not saying keep them like that but i don't hammer them i might yeah. give them one like that uh the female white lip that laid for me i've only fed her once since she laid i only fed her once and i'm not gonna feed her again till august when i then start back up on her feeding again i'll just i might pound her a little heavier but yeah. i'm not gonna do i'm not gonna just i just won't even bother because i'm i think i'm gonna go ahead and try to breed her again because from what ryan said if they're either gonna go or they're not man yeah they, yeah you know yeah. unless she like unless she had like a real bad like if obviously if any snake had a real bad issue with eggs then i wouldn't be pushing them like that but if she seemed bounced back and did fine, I don't see a problem with trying it, them again. It's one of those things where it's like you right afterwards you're like, Oh man, I might have to give you the next year off. And then like a month later you're like, You're fucking fine. <laughs> like, look at you. <laughs> like you're yeah. you're rolling. Like it's you, you know, I've noticed too, and this is from ball python breeding. I'm sorry mm-hmm. I'm referencing ball pythons, but that's the biggest sample size. Nah, man. As far it's as all right, we're so, good. We'll edit that out. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh <laughs> But with ball pythons, you know, I've noticed like the sweet spot for repetitive breeders is that 1,400 to 1,800 gram mark. Once the females get into that two to three to even bigger size, Mm -hmm. I notice they're not, they're not as reliable. They'll go, some can be, I'm not saying not all, but a lot of mine seem to want to take, go breed bi-yearly compared to ones that are just smaller. So I think yeah. like when you see those hmm. big white lip pythons and stuff or big snakes in general, yeah. and you see those monster animals that do breed for people. Sometimes you that might be the only clutch they get or yeah. they might not breed every other couple of years. Like I, I see it with ball pythons, you know, I've almost I think adopted it might be, a, a might, year, like a year break just because I, I, I kept to ended up having the same shit every year in these tubs. Yeah. And it's like, all right, well, you know, yeah, mix that, it up. So a, I, I keep doing that where I keep leapfrogging my girls just because then I don't have to like this year, no tigers next year. It's going to yeah. be a shit ton of tigers. So yeah, well, I think that if you're going to breed the cell stuff, dude, that should be your, if you end up keeping that shit for mm-hmm. the following year, you probably shouldn't breed. Shouldn't done, don't just do it again. Saying. Yeah. If just you saying. have six bins of the same shit and yeah, then you're don't. about to get a clutch of another 20 of them, you've done something wrong. Like yeah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. You're, well, you're just adding to your headache. I right. Mean, if you want to add to your headache, go ahead. But I mean, I'm not, you know, like if I'm stuck nah. with multiple anteresia, that just that shit can roll over to the following year because chances yeah. are it's going to take me that long to get them feeding Exa- anyway. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I, I know you've got had these some other ones to roll. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Talk about banging your head off the fucking the rack. Oh, they're terrible. I think I read one of your posts one time. You're like, I'll never work with these again. I'll never breathe these again, or something like that. I can't remember oh. what it was, but well. I had something interesting with the anteresia, mm. and I, I I haven't talked to Justin about it, and I don't know if it's because the anteresia, as far as a python genus, they're just they're so different. Well, I don't think it's so much. I think they're that they're different, but they're just in their environment. They're the smallest creature in their environment. Yeah, they're yeah. they're not like a retic that's an apex predator, you know, or an olive mm-hmm. python would be considered an apex predator. These guys are the fucking bottom of the barrel type of animals. So I wonder, I've noticed something with my incubator because I haven't changed. I don't change that incubator temperature wise for anything for the nah. most part. Well, it keeps it, the anteriors are under the small little Sims container. So 
I guess they accumulate heat better because they're smaller. So I was, I think every other Python box in there is probably around the 88, 89 degree mark. And I know, uh, maybe even lower than that, maybe 86 or 87, 88. But I noticed the Antaresia box would get up to 90. Damn. I'm like, hot damn. Hmm. I didn't even notice. I didn't notice this till like the, maybe the third year of breeding Antaresia or fourth year. Mm. And I was like, God, I'm getting so much dick in this fucking, like, it's ridiculous. Like uh, my, whole, okay. my whole Western clutch that mm. I had, the, the Western Stimpsons, they were all males. My spotted python wow. was probably the only one I ever had a substantial amount of, uh, females i think it was uh i'm trying to think what it was six seven point three it was still very male heavy that's probably the heaviest one i've had my west my uh wheat belt clutch the year prior was like a 8.1 8.2 the my first year breeding eastern stimpsons it was 17 one that's not fair. I was like, shit. I was like no, no, I, I'd be double like that's probably well, 17. So if it were if it were the other way around, I'd be like, clearly I fucked up. Partho, I, just all I would these have been again. like, these are all partho. That's yeah. what I would immediately think yes. up. But yeah, I'm sitting but, there going, but to have 17 males, that means you saw. <laughs> like it, dude, I'm just out. like, I'm just like, this is ridiculous. I at first I was like, dude, maybe these things peens are just I mean, they're tiny to begin with, but maybe mm-hmm. I'm missing something here. And I'm like, no, because the females, they clearly, they have nothing popping out. And I'm just like, what's going on with this shit? And then I had um, on the one of the posts, um, oh, what is his name? Andy, Andy Gross. It starts with a G. You guys know who he Grossman? is. I can't think of his name. I think so. He, he, was tell, yeah. I th- he was telling me he bred him a couple years in a row. And he said, I incubated him at 88 and you get better feeders and um better sex ratios and i go okay so i kind of and justin said he never noticed any i don't know what he said he incubated at but i don't i don't know i just thought it was weird because i never thought of a python you know you always hear rumor mills of people saying oh yeah i incubate lower and get but i never i never bought into that i didn't Mm -hmm. i figured if one Mm -hmm. python they're just all pretty much the same Mm -hmm. but i know i mean i'm not saying there is or isn't we'll see because i'm gonna next year i'm trying to get another incubator set up just for the anteresia, you know, so I can see if I can fix that okay. problem because I can't. I've, I get another load of males like that, man. It's like, it's ridiculous. It makes it hard to hold stuff back because yeah. I'm not holding back a bunch of males. You know? <laughs> Why so, would you hold back boys? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind holding back a few, but shit. That not all of them. I mean, or, come yeah, on. It's, it's like, you all aren't that cool now. It's like, I don't yeah. need all you no. guys. <laughs> So, yeah, it just, I thought it was interesting. I kind of wonder if it maybe has to do with the fact they are a smaller species in their environment that maybe mm-hmm. that would be more beneficial for them. I don't know. I thought, yeah. I don't know. Justin would probably know a whole lot more about that than I would, but I thought it was, and I, like I said, I kind of want to ask him, but I, I, I don't know. It's not something that's like a big deal to me. I just would like to not get stuck with that many males again. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's yeah. I, I'm I'm dealing with too many females in my mad hogs right now, so I'm like, uh, and I I I popped a boy that just came out of this clutch. I'm like, all right, screw this. I'm I'm resexing everybody because like I I I'm pushing so hard. I'm like, I shouldn't have to push. Oh look, peens. Like okay, so maybe I should like maybe oh, I was not doing so hard. Speaking so. of peens, wait mm. till you pop those white lip pythons. Yeah, dude. I'm. You know, 
I've never seen Dick so big on a snake before. Nice. Like, okay. I, I was telling some, <laughs> I was telling somebody, I goes like, I don't, maybe I'm judging my own sexuality, but I'm sitting there going like, God, I can't believe the size of the anything's <laughs> on these things. Like compared to their size, dude, they were like, they were substantially bigger than a ball python. That's at least three times their size. Like I'm talking like, I mean, talk about a kickstand, oh, wow. dude. These things. All right. That'll work. Uh, hey, make it easy for me. me. Hit me over Lisa the head was, with it, you know. Make say, sure. Lisa I, was boy. saying the same thing too. I yeah. was like, "Yeah, I don't." There was something weird I noticed, and uh, something else weird I noticed. Back to the whole white lip thing, mm-hmm. and it went away. But I, out of all the species of python, I was surprised that the white lip pythons had this problem, where they actually some of the babies actually got water blisters. Oh, son like of a before, bitch! Their pre-lay, their pre-lay shed. I'm talking like, but the, before their first shed. Yeah, they had they were getting water blisters. I go, how the fuck are they getting ball python? Nothing I ever had ever got water blisters from sitting on damp paper towel. Right. And yeah. I'm talking like you know when they get nasty, I'll change them out. But yeah, you know even then it didn't help. It whatever, only the few. And I was a little bit nervous because I was like, shit. I hope none of them die because of it. Because I've had a carpet python that was really prone to dumping his water bowl. Yeah. And he just got water blisters, and at some point he ended up rolling from it because he just. He just wouldn't I, stop, and I couldn't get him in the vet in time to get the antibiotics for him. I so literally I like, have pulled water bowls from carpet pythons. Oh yeah, because they spend like way too much goddamn time in the water. Like, oh I, yeah, my male, my two baby boy Brisbane carpets right now, and the one is just always in it. I'm like, you, you and I, like this is it, dude. Like, I, <laughs> you and I are gonna have a that, problem soon. You don't start getting out of this shit. Yeah, that's one reason why I was prone to putting those little plastic. Uh, fences mm-hmm. in there so they quit perching on the water cup yeah. so they tilt it over because that's what caused yeah. that snake to end up having yep. issues and i'm like well this is fucking frustrating and i didn't think about it at the time but now that i set up all these babies i go you know that sounds that's a huge headache i'm saving from oh yeah you know having right. something like that but but with the white lips they shed and it went away and it, they have such I mean, soft fragile now. skin when they're babies yeah. like i've had told them yeah. i've had a couple like like that's the other thing is that i love it when when you've seen a fresh baby gold and like you go to the show and people are like, Oh, this thing's like a hashling. I'm like, it doesn't have spots anymore. Shut up. Like, it's like they're born, they have spots, yeah. speckles. So it's like, yeah. but I've had a couple and it's almost like a, 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 a baby scrub where like their skin is just so soft and can be damaged so quickly. So yep. Yep. that's what I've heard. But it was weird. Cause I mean, even scales scale wise, Water pythons have similar scales to be able to mm-hmm. handle their moist environment. And those guys didn't have any problem compared to the white lips when it came yeah. to those water blisters. But I don't know. And I was terrified. I go, huh. I'm not going to keep these guys dry. Yeah. You know, no. before their prelay shed. Cause I was like, I, I just don't want them to shrivel up and blow away, you know, not blow away, but shrivel up on me or anything. So, yeah. Right. So I was like, shit, hopefully this just fades away or something. Cause you're, yeah. you're not going to give antibiotics. I wouldn't feel comfortable giving antibiotics to a fucking tiny little python like you, that. You would get like a flash in the needle and be like, "Good enough." Like it, yeah, that's right. no. God, that'd be we're going to coast this and just hope for the best. And everything yeah. shed and they're fine. So yeah. I, I kind of nice. do more and more with certain types of snakes. Is the humidity hide thing of like the damp moss? Like that might have been a good idea, that dude. I don't ever see my mandarin rat snake. I, I put the fuzzy on top, and then I leave, and then it's gone. And then like he sheds fine. And I did the same thing with my rainbow boas when they were little. Uh, and then also my ring. I did too. that with rings. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. I did humid. Yep. 
never had a problem shedding. Everybody get, said that they yeah. were, you know, the same thing. That they, and it gets you know, them out of the water. So sensitive and whatnot. The worst thing is that they'll get in the water, then yeah. they'll piss at it, and then they'll just sit in it. And it's like, cool, you can get out of that, you know? <laughs> no? All right. Oh, <laughs> like, <yeah>. it's... <laughs> But I, I got to uh, want to circle back real quick. I want to know feeding at night. Is that something you do out of convenience or is that something you do uh, on purpose? I, I figured, well, okay. Like I harken back on the ball pythons. I figured the best way I can get a good feeding response is just feed them at night, you know, like an hour or so after the lights go yeah. out, I'll go in there and it's just mm-hmm. convenient to feed everything like that. Just cause you know, I, I do have, you know, there are a few other, you know, species I can be hit and miss as far as feed. like I was like, I was Owen. I was like, dude, I don't not all of them. But I noticed with the rough scales, I noticed sometimes the personality and the way they their feeding response with certain things can be very dodgy sometimes. But it might be because I'm not feeding quail either. I noticed when I feed them birds, I get a, a stronger feeding response. Better out feeding of them, response. And I don't I just don't I just don't feed birds all that often. But so well, the actual poplin pythons. The actual poplin pythons, um, you know, Apodora, you know, if you're not feeding them and the mouse is or the rat or whatever is like perfectly straight, like, you know, they, they oh man, they were a pain in the ass. That's you know, that's but I wonder like if, <laughs> yeah, uh, I wonder if feeding them at night would make a difference. I wonder if that would I, legit, you know, I, um, well, it's just something you always figure because they always, you know, I mean, everyone tells you, you know, they eat, they you get the best feeding response at yeah. night. I just figured, ah, fuck it. It just, I, so it's getting to the point now where I got to break it up sometimes. Like, you know, one night gets live because the ball pythons will get the live one night and then the frozen thawed is mostly everything else, all the other species because mm-hmm. it just, I mean, it just, uh, just convenient that way. And I otherwise I'd be up all night just feeding all night if i had to just feed everything in one night so you eventually get to that point yeah. where you have to break up the snake chores because otherwise oh, you're just going to be there like this is the point now where like one day is now going to be dedicated to just babies and then yeah. the day after is when i do the adults <laughs> like it's yep. just <laughs> yeah yep yeah for sure yeah it makes it easier to sort of balance that uh whole it, thing it, you know yeah, i remember I mean, doing otherwise, that otherwise you're down there like but it got to the day. point where the, the problem was that, and I think this is kind of where I'm at with my collection, right? It's like when you're managing a collection that's 300 plus animals, it's mm-hmm. like I felt like I wasn't doing anything with the animals. And now I, I stopped like learning about them per se because I'm not necessarily watching them They're in a tub. I'm in this mode where I'm going into the snake room to get this work done because, you know, I have to record a podcast or edit a podcast or go to work or whatever it would be. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, oh, let me real quick get this done. And it sort of took the, it became a chore, you know, and it was kind of yeah. like, well, I think I gotta, I gotta change this. You know, I, I, I have no, uh, um, I don't want to be the guy. I don't want you and I, I don't really care about selling snakes and doing this as my living. So, you know, I don't know. It just seemed like, well, what am I doing it for then? <laughs> like, why yeah. am I doing yeah. this? You know, yeah. it's yeah. for oh, me. It's- yeah. It's kind of like whatever whatever you get out of it, because like I'm kind of the guy I can just, you know, Nick used to give me shit about ball pythons and stuff being boring pet rocks, but I told him, you know, sometimes you like it when your art doesn't move. Yeah, you know, all right, yeah, I'll give you, I'll don't, give you that. You know, you don't go to you don't go to an art museum or something and see the paintings on the wall move all over the place. You'd like to sit there and admire it every once in a while. But like I tell him, I was just I tell people it's like I kind of get a 
I can just hold a snake and just look at it and be like, that mentally stimulated me. That's all I needed. And then just put yep. it down. But I know yeah. everyone wants something different. Some people want that the environment. They want to see them interact with their environment. And it's not to say I don't. I, I do get a thrill out of watching some of them because you can see certain species react to an environment differently, like the mm-hmm. olive pythons, the retics, and the yeah. white lip pythons, I would say, all kind of interact with their environment a little bit different, you know, yeah. as far as yeah. they're more interactive. They're, they want to kind of search around and investigate. And the blackheads, too. The blackheads are like that, too. They kind of do They're always on the go. They want to investigate stuff, you know. That's, you know, yeah. those are this certain species you kind of, I don't know, you can just, uh, they got they got more going on as far as they're not, you know, they're going to go look for their food rather than wait for it to, you know, come by or anything, the ambush predators. Right. You know? yeah. I, th- I think for me, like, you know, moving diamond pythons to that more, like, natural caging and such, you know, and I've always just felt that, like, to keep them correctly, I had to do that. I was forced to do that. Yeah. Not because hmm. probably in my earlier days, I probably would have approached it the same way as I do other carpets, but you right. know, these were supposedly different. So you the keep diamonds, them different. Yeah. So in order to do that, you know, it was caging. And then just watching the different behaviors that they do was like, well, this is way cooler than in a granite zebra oh, yeah. caramel jag, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I don't know. And well, I think you're so. I think you're kind of on the right track too cuz to be honest, I frankly think anything that in, endures any kind of cooler temperatures would benefit from any kind of UV or sun ray, you know, sunlight yeah. in general cuz yeah. they're probably more they yeah. are getting out there to, you know, have to absorb any kind of heat or as, you know, UV they can. Or UVB just uh, a side effect from getting out there to heat up, but I think all that, especially diamonds, bolens, I even think bread lie and Inlands could be another one, even coastals like southern coastals, mm-hmm. you know. Oh, and Embracada, yeah. can't forget them too. But no, I'm sure you can't. All um, oh, but, nah. Well, well, forget I mean, them till we get them, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, don't don't talk here. about them until they're here. <laughs> exactly. We can't. Well, let's not open those wounds. But uh, I mean, there's a reason that Tom Crutchfield had such success keeping breeding diamonds because he just stuck them outside in Florida. It's like, yeah, okay. So clearly, that's a species that benefits from being outdoors. And then with uh, Chuck breeding his coastals outside. It's like, well, shit. Apparently, if you're in the right spot, it, you can do. That's an option. So my, my fear, my fear with the outdoor stuff is because I know it would happen to me. Is there would be a weak spot, and I would mm-hmm. have to that, no, I couldn't do it. That, that that I think that's just the mental barrier I would nope. have to get over. But that would just be a fear of mine. I go out there, be like, where the fuck is this snake? Where's like, my snake? Yeah. Where did <laughs> no. it go? Dude, I check that tortoise at least twice a day. Just be like, are you still here? Because I've chased you around the fucking town. Like, I, oh, I wouldn't be able to do that with a snake. Or, uh-uh. you know, my dumb ass would yeah. leave the door unlocked or something mm-hmm. stupid. And I just, or like a, you know, it probably has to do something with the door. Like, somewhere the door, they could just push a corner of a door out and, you know, slither out of there. And I would just probably uh, never no. see him again. Nope. Or if I do, it'd probably be with a neighbor with a rock on its head or something. Yeah. No, you know? I, I, so, I, 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 I run the risk of pissing off my neighbors already. Like, let's not like add to that by having a diamond show up on their back deck. So, yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's going to be too, kind of, like the, no, oh, go, go ahead. I was going to say, that's probably going to be my method with it. Cause I've tried bread lie and inlands. And okay. dude, I'll tell you what, they don't now either. I'm either debating about not just 
frankly just not cooling them like I was because they show no interest. And I noticed follicular development, as far as my – at least the inlands go, I've noticed they'll build follicles with all the other carpets. Like okay. They'll build big follicles and get right there with them, like coastals and jungles. And I'm just sitting there going like, shit, I'm about to stick them out in the cold and hope mm-hmm. it progresses them further. But I'm starting to wonder if I even need to do that with them anymore because – you know, and if I might try this year, try it like that. And if that doesn't work, then I might do, well, I still plan on doing it, but a lot of those species I'd like to, you know, do what we're talking about with the UV and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where they actually are basking and stuff. That's why I haven't even gotten diamond pythons yet. It's because I just don't feel like getting them until I can right. set them up in a cage similar to that, you know? So, so you, you, you've been having trouble with the bread lie? Uh, they just they'll build big follicles and just they have no interest in breeding with. Well, they just don't even breed with each other. The female will just build big follicles, and the, the males just sit there with their thumb up their ass and just. Or how, how, they could be doing something. How old is your pair? Oh, it's twenty sixteens. Oh yeah, okay. They're plenty old enough. They're just not. I don't know. They just don't care. Mm-hmm. I, you know, sometimes I wonder too, cause it's an affords line pair. Mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe cause the line could be getting inbred. I don't know. Maybe that. What's the species you regret passing on? Oh, there's, this is going to sound weird, but there's mm-hmm. actually it's one. I'll say one for sure. Okay. So I used to work for Ben and he had the, um, the original ghost retic, right? Right. And I'm not a big retic guy, but I had a soft spot for him. He was pretty, he was a wild caught animal. And he's one of those, as long as you didn't fuck with him or mess with like throw him over your shoulder, he was perfectly fine. He wasn't going to strike at you. Nothing like that. And when Ben Pat, when Ben was killed, buddy Dave had to come down. He really had to move the retics out because I had problems getting to his facility all the time for, or, consistently for him and he just needed to move him out so he sold that he sold that mail to a 15 year old kid or you know the the christ some kid yeah dude the kid killed that snake and i go Uh, i fucking oh my god i go that still to this day is like why i go i should have should have figured something out but at the time i just didn't have the money or the space for for him and he would have been a pure Sumatran retic that just it just ended up getting killed because it just needed to be moved and I couldn't I just wasn't able to take him at the time. So that, that was sucks. probably the most that was probably the most regrettable thing as far as passing on an animal mm-hmm. in a hobby. All right. And uh if you could restart your reptile career, uh would you change anything and what would it be? I probably would have diversified a little sooner. Okay. Cause like, I remember back then there were so many, there was more readily available species mm-hmm. that is just now is either ridiculously expensive, like black face, white lips. Yes. Holy uh, yeah. shit. Yeah. I go, I used to be like, man, they're kind of expensive back when Ryan first produced them. And now I look at them and go, there's no way I'm paying. You know, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I should add some more Timors. Never mind. <laughs> like, yeah, it was exactly. Like, Those yeah. are another one. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that, uh, yeah, that's. I would probably diversify sooner. You mm-hmm. know, still keep ball pythons and everything, but I'd just like to add more weird stuff. Maybe yeah. looked into it even a little deeper. You know. Okay, and then, uh, what is the species you've tried to breed but failed the most at? 
Savu pythons because they kept trying to kill each other. That's that's bad. (laughs) All right. And then uh, if you could give a piece of advice to the reptile community at large, what would it be? Oh, there's a large. I'll break it up into two because I feel like it's just two segments. If you're going to be a pet keeper, I think education is the biggest thing you could do, you know, mm-hmm. and enjoy it. Obviously, you want to enjoy it, but just education. And then the same can go for a breeder. You know, if you're going to be a breeder, education, but then tr- try to create, be creative. Mm-hmm. There's a reason why, like Eric and every you guys are saying, was there's a reason why you see certain people stand out in the industry, and it's because of an idea or because of a dream or whatever it is they had. They were willing to go through the hassle of it and work towards something. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't let people dog them down or tell them they had a shitty idea. They just kept doing it, and you know, eventually, it was meant to be. It was meant to be. So. You know, determination, I guess, if you're going to be a breeder and then education, if you're more of just on the pet keeping side. Cool. And then the last one would be, um, hmm, which one do I want? <laughs> so, there's so many. Um, uh, what is the coolest reptile moment you've had in your career, whether it be breeding, herping or keeping? Oh, Jesus. Mm hmm. This is kind of hard. I, mm-hmm. this is like a dual sire thing, I guess. I guess like it was the worst and the best part of my life was working for Ben. Mm-hmm. And then, cause that introduced me to the industry and, you know, and everything. And then I it ended up being probably one of the worst experiences of my life. Cause I was there from begin. Literally I was there from beginning to end. So I was through that whole process. So I go, it was kind of one of those, it was the best thing and the worst thing. You never thought you could love something and then hate it at the same time. Yeah. As far as like going to that building and stuff like that. So that would probably be the best and worst thing as far as what the hobby, you know, at least for me at this point. Yeah. Cool. Um, Is there any stuff you wanted to throw out there? Website, stuff you're working on, anything like that? Uh, just you can follow me on TJW Exotics on all the social media and, and websites because, you know, I'm paranoid about the whole morph market thing, you know, because we've been through Fauna, you've been through King Snake, and you're like, not saying morph market ain't good, but I'm just prepared in case something happens and the shit hits the fan, they're just not there anymore. So yeah. I think a website's always the way to go, you know, if you can, if you can afford it. Yep. Or, or cre- I'm not even tech savvy, so it's. It is a real pain in the ass for me. Yeah, I've gotten uh, <laughs> gotten enough sales off a website to keep it to to, to keep even, it going. Yeah, I, I don't even put I don't even make sales off it. I just well, I just recently got it, but I just like I said, you just never know. Like yeah. I said, you guys have been through it all. You two, you've seen the rise and fall of King Snake and Fauna. Not saying mm-hmm. those still aren't in use, but clearly Morph Market conquered all of them. And it, who's to say if Morph Market will be there in another? 10 years there'll be something else be another website or another app you know, or something else that'll switch its place you know, hope for the best prepare yeah. for the worst i guess mm-hmm. you know? that's right mm-hmm. yeah with the website you control it, right you know you yep. control yeah yep you, yep. you know so man this has been awesome uh yeah i enjoyed it a lot we'll have to do it again like i said yeah. uh 
Pick a topic, man. You got me fired up. <laughs> yeah, I love your guys. <laughs> I love your guys's passion. Like I've always, you guys have been, you guys have molded me more than you know. Like I, I have to say, like uh, you guys, cool. <laughs> you and Reptile Radio, you guys were, you know, like I said, I was going to blow you a lot through this, but it's it's one hundred and ten percent true. You guys have all encouraged me through this whole journey. You know, kept me in it through the hard times and the good. You know, mm-hmm. fucking pop in Morelia Python radio and just listen to clean snakes, man, or drive to work. One of the right. Just go somewhere. Yeah. Yep, yep, go yep. somewhere. Yep. So awesome. Right on, man. Right on. All right. Well, uh, yeah, man, we'll, uh, we'll catch you a bit have to do a second we'll one. Do the, we'll go uh, from there. Close out and, um, let's do this real quick. Let me pull do the my, list, uh, the whole list, this my time. notes, the whole list. The whole list. I think uh, the whole list. Okay. The whole list. People. The, want whole, the whole list. list. The whole list. Okay. Of what? Of web podcast? The ending thing. Oh. Do the ending um, thing. <laughs> yeah. If you are new to the podcast, please subscribe to the show or all the shows on the NPR network. If you use Apple Podcast app, you can look up NPR network and all of the shows will be under that name, which is pretty cool. So mm-hmm. uh, you should check that out. Um, if you, uh, like the show and you want to support the, uh, the network first, uh, just share the shit around, uh, you know, uh, turn people onto it. Um, next you can check out our website take a deeper dive into Morelia and other, uh, podcasts on the network. You can follow us mm-hmm. on Instagram and Facebook. You can also join the Facebook group that we have Morelia pick of the week. Uh, you can subscribe to the YouTube channel Morelia by the network. We're trying to get a thousand subs by the end of the year. Uh, would be nice to say on the uh, holiday show that we've uh, hit that number. Um, either way, I'll be hammered. Support us so even we'll further. just go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Owen's either eating an edible or drinking. Or drunk. I, uh, it's that, that's that, that, that's, that shows that. Anyway. anyway. I had some really so- smooth sky the other day. And it was, oh, it was really? Okay. I still have we, some here for the next time you uh, come over okay. for barbecue or, or whatever. I um, guess that's anyway, happening soon. Check- <laughs> yeah. If you want to support the show even further, check out uh you can check out our merch store, you can check out the Patreon, all those links are in the show notes. And last, if you want to get in touch with us, info at morelliapythonradio.com. Cool. Uh for me, I got it's rogue-reptiles.com, rogue underscore reptiles uh on Instagram. And I don't have any shows coming up, but I will have a bunch of stuff for sale in the next couple weeks. Um, mainly carpet pythons, but also Chinese king rats are going to be ready real soon, like probably tomorrow. So I have to start taking pictures when I get back. So keep your eyes peeled for those. Um, I'll make announcements on the Instagram when stuff is for sale. That's all we have for everybody today. So uh, we'll say thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python radio. Good night.